Hello and welcome to Laps Gamer Radio. I'm your host, Alistair Cornwall, and this is your Laps News Update for week commencing the 28th of November. Tonight we're going to chat a little bit about the games we've played, and we're going to touch on a few news stories of note. Joining me today are my fellow co-hosts, Stuart Neal, Stuart Cullen, and Mark Hammer. Welcome, gents. It's it's Hamer, goddammit. Shame. 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 So, a backlogathon for anybody that's doing it. I know that's just uh, yourself, Mark, uh, and Stu. Um, Any confessions, announcements, or any games that you've managed to polish off? It really is just a budget year of shame. Sorry, I, I just need to get out of there. I was on the year of shame. This is the fucking year of shame under a decoy name. No, because it's not. A, it's not a year though. It's until the switch. It's comes the month out. of shame or whatever. It's just. Well, it's pure. Just. It's just. You know what I mean? It is just that. I wish I'd. I wish I could last a year. Um, Stuart, do you want to go first? Oh, um, just, just before yes. you start, Stuart, we yes. actually need to give you a bit of a bollocking because Why? Stuart's been very crafty. And brought Mark a game that he yeah, wanted. You son of a bitch. <laughs> so you deserve a sin point for that. Yeah. Back in my day, you'd have to burn a personal item for that. You're an enabler. <laughs> That's what we would have made you do. I have no me amiibos to melt in the oven, though. I don't care. Yeah, kitchen table, set it in fire, I don't care. Burn something. Get it burnt. We'll have a vote on Twitter. What should they burn? <laughs> Fair enough. I have one confession um, in that I bought Mark a copy of Mini Metro in the recent Steam sale. Son the, of a bitch. The Steam, the Steam sale is like one month after the last Steam sale and is one month before the next Steam sale. <laughs> um, Valve apparently are a bit like DFS at the moment with the Steam sales. Um, so yes, I bought like Mark... Yeah, yeah, I like money. Um, I bought Mark Mini Metro. Because you really needed it. Because he really needed it. To survive. <laughs> Sabotaging his backlog. That's what he, he was did. just like, I, I need that mini metro to survive. I need it. Yeah. He did. He, he, he had finished a couple of games and he needed something else to play. So. <laughs> uh, the, pile, the physical pile was just too far away. I can't <laughs> um, as for the games that I've completed, I have done um, Gone Home, The Beginner's Guide, and possibly a couple of others. Metal Slug off the Metal Slug anthology. Ooh. And uh, sort of a handful of other ones that weren't necessarily on my backlog at the time, but um, were sort of free PC games mm. um, that I've had a go at. Uh, so that's it so far. Um, well, in the last week, I've only managed to complete one game, which was Orcs B, and I'll talk a little bit about that when we go into what we've been playing. But uh, yeah, Stuart, you opened the floodgates for me. So um, <laughs> after you bought uh, Mini Metro for me, and I sat and played it for three, three and a half hours in one sitting until I realised I really, really had to go to bed. Um, since then, I have gone halves with my girlfriend on uh, the digital pre- uh, pre-order for the digital version of Final Fantasy XV. I bought Battlefield 1 on Black Friday. I also um, bought uh, God of War 3 Remastered and um, Tearaway Unfolded. Uh, in what the- did you know by... <laughs> like what did you actually know by? You even brought a new TV. Well, it's, I oh yeah, just... I bought a new TV as well. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck's sake, boy. Well, to be honest, like uh, Battlefield was it was something I was going to pick up anyway because people have been pestering me about playing it online with the, uh, since it came out and it dropped down to like thirty quid and I was like, it's still prob- no cheap. It's probably not going to be this cheap again for a while, so I'll pick it up. And God of War and Tearaway Unfolded cost me a tenner for the both of them. 
So that's the justify fucking nine, mate. I and mean, like, you don't buy games, you don't buy them. That's that. That's well, that. No, uh, this is the thing. It's like those ones. Th- those ones are not. Uh, they're not being. I'm not going to play those. Those two. Like Battlefield, I played a bit of, but I'm not. You're not going to play away. Other things are you? But as well, it's why you've got a big pile. <laughs> no, I've I've left those. So I've got. Um, uh, now three games set aside that are going to be my little treats at some point when I've cleared a substantial amount of my backlog I've I got... hope your pile of shame casts a dark dark <laughs> shadow on you at night I hope it casts a shadow upon you it does but, it's, soul. but I'm, I'm getting through it I'm getting through it um, I mean, that's what know. alcoholics say Fucking <laughs> I actually feel like I'm back in the room with the, three, with the four maniacs it's, it's like the same excuses for different people Jesus man! <laughs> no, no, because oh. because these ones are these were bought as future investments to something to play in the future. Because it's like it was a tenner for those I, two I, games. I, so I'm kind of alcoholic. I bought a big bottle of scotch just in case the day I celebrate. <laughs> no, no, I've already done one of those. Because Stop like buy and drink. I bought um, just after I'd, or we, we'd already announced the, the backlogathon. I bought um, Pikmin three because it came down to like I, it was available the, to me the, the, the for fifteen pounds. And it's like when am I going to be able to get Pikmin for? You've more games since you've been on the backlog <laughs> than you have for the rest of the year. No. Because it seems like you're buying... Every three seconds you're buying something. No, no, no. Um, I've bought four games since the backlog of started. And how many gifts have you had for friends? <laughs> oh, just the one. <laughs> Any of their friends win the lottery? No, it's no. just just the one gift. So I've, oh. I've bought four games. I mean, I've held off. There were the games that I was interested in picking up that I haven't, like uh, Dishonored and Watch Dogs and uh, Mafia, that I'll play at some point next year. Um, it's just, you know... Battlefield. It's a bit different when it comes to like a multiplayer shooter where your friends are online playing it. Then and they're like a single player game. I can wait for and like uh, the Last Guardian. I've been waiting a long time for the Last Guardian. I'm not going to buy it when it comes out. I'll pick it up some point next year and just avoid spoilers till then. Uh, but like Titanfall was available at a ridiculous price and Battlefield dropped quite a lot in price as well. So and I had friends online pl- playing them. So I so I bought those and God of War three and Tearaway was a tenner for the pair. So I couldn't really say no. But yeah, those, I'm, that's, I'm no that's my only selling, confessions. You're selling quality bullshit, I ain't buying. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I just, remember, I just remembered one other little confession I need to make. Oh, I, because of the recent news about Zelda Breath of the Wild being delayed until at least possibly mid um, mm. 2017 and not the being a launch title for the Switch, um, I cancelled my pre-order um, for Breath of the Wild on the Wii U hmm. and with that money which was birthday money and was bought before the backlogathon I purchased Tokyo Mirage Sessions hey! um, hashtag FE <laughs> so, so that is my one other little confession hmm. that can be your Christmas game it can be yes <laughs> yeah. definitely <laughs> Which retro threat excuses? Let's not feel bad about this, guys. It's all great. No, it's no fucking, like no. you know, folk p- are dying in the gutter because of this, and you're like, yeah. it's great. No, if you get a decent no. amount of time off of Christmas, like I've got an RPG set aside to play over the Christmas period. Yeah. You know, it's it's just a Christmas game. <laughs> is there this snow is in why it? I made the no. student join it. No chance. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't join it because I've done, I've been there and done it, and I've earned my wings for. <laughs> <laughs> oh man it's like fucking Game of Thrones I'm going to rattle the back here he'd be a steel barn going shame <laughs> Stuart, <laughs> Stuart we are lapsed gamers so therefore we are doing a lapsed backlogathon. 
Yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, that's it. I, I need to phone the Irishman and get him to put the fear of God in he? He's never been able to... Like, he's had the shakes ever since the year of shame free. <laughs> <laughs> that's a true story. <laughs> but he is a raging alcoholic. Um... <laughs> That drove me to the drink, but I actually owned the bottle for him. Um, but aye, just don't kid yourself phone. You're only kidding yourself phone. Nobody wins if you if you don't do it right. You know what I mean? Nobody fair. wins. You know I mean, that's the, the message, the moral. Well, the exercise is working because I'm clearing off games off my backlog. I'm I'm finishing games that have been sat on my hard drive for a while, so it's working. Well if you kid yourself when that's fine for you <laughs> shame 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 moving on uh, we shall move on to the games that we've played um, Stuart Neil, do you want to go first yeah I can go first one of the games that I've been playing has been Polytopia um, this is a game which is currently on iOS but is also in beta um, on Android. It is a free to play um, game it's, I'm trying to think how to describe it, it's somewhere in between sort of populous and um, possibly like civilization. It's a very simple world building where you pick a um, sort of race of characters and um, try and take over the, the available land um, by sort of upgrading um, your villages and farming uh, land and sort of taking down or cutting down forests and things like that, building roads in between all of the cities and villages that you actually produce and what have you. Um, as for a free game, it is very, very good. It has two little modes within it. There is um, like a sort of a limited turn mode where you have 30 turns um, to try and sort of take over. Um, the little area of land and then there is sort of an unlimited one where it's basically just um, survive until the end. Each of the modes within that has um, three difficulty levels so you've got easy, medium and hard and then you can also pick the number of other tribes um, within that uh, that you have to try and battle against. Um, just a really really nice little game and as I said it's totally free. Um, you can buy extra tribes um, within that, but I think there are maybe um, sort of anywhere between sort of fifty and pound, uh, fifty p and a pound, um, to actually unlock those. But you can pl- easily play the game without having to do any of that, um, okay. if you so wish. It's very very good. Is that, is that iPad you're playing that on, or on your phone? No, um, well, I, I am playing it on an iPad, but it is. Right. Um, I think it is compatible with an iPhone as well, and you could probably get away with it. It maybe be a little bit small, but All because right. it's a sort of a nice isometric and it's sort of fairly blocky. Um, it's not quite um, Minecraft sort of blocky, but um, it is um, sort of small blocks and what have you um, for the representation. But it still looks very nice. And as I say, I just looked it up on the Google Play Store just before it came on the show. And um, it's currently in beta. And uh, with it, the beta is actually full. And they're hoping, I'm guessing, um, to release fairly soon on that. Um, so that'll definitely be worth one to look out for and potentially pick up in the future. The other two games that I have played and finished um, off my back, um, my backlog, are Gone Home and The Beginner's Guide. Ooh. Now, I have to be very careful here because mm-hmm. both of them can be very spoilerific. And both of them are on my them. backlog. <laughs> and both of them are on Mark's backlog. <laughs> so um, I'll talk about The Beginner's Guide first. The Beginner's Guide, the general premise is that you are playing a set of games that has been designed by a game developer and 
there is actually an audio commentary um, being spoken to you over the top of them. Um, the audio commentary is by a friend or a fan um, of the game developer, and he sort of talks you through each of the little stages um, within the beginner's guide and how he thinks the you know, developer actually came up with the levels and what he thinks of why they are the the levels the way they are and his progression um, in each of the levels as he gets maybe a little bit better or starts getting ideas and sort of making progress on those ideas or expanding them in one way or another. It is made by um, half of the developers that were um, actually made. Um, it's uh, the Stanley Parable. Mm. Um, it's not William Pugh. It's um, somebody read him. Um, so it is. And he actually does the commentary um, for the fan of the developer as well. It's a <coughs> very interesting um, sort of premise for a game. And again, people are going to say, well, it's not really a game. It's, um, it's an experience. It's an experience, it's, yes. It's gameception. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I but imagine that's similar to... like So um, the Stanley Parable was kind of like a uh, commentary on player agency... Um, and I don't know what the hell um, Professor Langestein or whatever that was. <laughs> the Langeskov, the uh, Tiger, yeah. the Emerald and the Whirlwind. I don't really know what that was supposed to be a commentary on. It was just really funny. But this is more about a game about game development. It I is, guess. yeah. And um, sort of talking about people's potential emotional states and what have you, depending on sort of what period they are in their life whenever they're making potential games and things like mm. that. Um, so it's it doesn't have the wit or the humour um, of the Stanley Parable or Dr. Dr. Langeskov but it is very interesting in what it does and as you go on there are things that you learn and that definitely sort of skew how you feel about certain elements of it um, I'll not go in any deeper than that but it's certainly well worth experiencing and uh, it probably deserves an awful lot of the praise that has been given to it How long is it um, I think I got through it in maybe an hour and a half. Oh, possibly. Right. Okay, I could do that and Gone Home in one evening as a double bill. You probably could do. Um, I think Gone Home. I think it was maybe two hours. Yeah. Um, in and around that, it's not too long either. Mm. Um, I'll go on to Gone Home then as well and try and stay reasonably spoiler-free. <laughs> and Gone Home. Um, I think it was developed by um some of the developers that previously worked on Bioshock Infinite. Uh, no, they, they they worked on um, Minerva's Den, the DLC for Bioshock. Oh, was that 2. what it was? Oh, okay, yeah. I knew it was Bioshock related. Yeah, no, they they'd left before uh, Infinite got into full swing. I think. Oh, okay. The main premise of Gone Home is that you play as Kate, um, who is coming home from a uh, sort of a um, like a gap year or something, or a sort of a long period of staying in uh, vacation in Europe. And you are arriving at the house that your parents and your sister have moved into. Um, so it's one that you've never actually lived in. Um, so everything seems very new to you and you don't necessarily know your way around. Whenever you arrive at the door, um, it's a rainy night and um, you weren't expected um, to be home so early um, from your vacation, what have you. And whenever you arrive at the door, um, there's obviously nobody there to pick you up or anything and you arrive at the door and there's a note taped to the front door from your sister Sam um, just saying that she has left and she doesn't know um, if she'll be returning and what then happens is 
It's not a walking simulator. I would describe this as a first-person mystery game. And so you find a key and you unlock the door and then you start going from room to room and discovering little um, snippets or little information about what has actually happened um, while you've been away and what has happened to the family and uh, how the relationships within that family have developed and what has actually happened in um, your um, parents' lives and Sam's life. While you don't actually get any interaction with any of the characters what have you in it, what you do get is whenever you click on certain items that have been Sam's, you actually get a little bit of an audio clip um, playing as like an audio uh, journal um, that is played by um, from Sam's perspective um, about what she's been doing and what, how she's been feeling and things like that and uh, just come, goes through her life. For a lot of the other things then, you are picking up letters um, that your parents have received from either co-workers or your father is a writer, um, so he has actually written two um, books and um, occasionally did reviews for like a hi-fi magazine. Um, so you start reading um, sort of replies to letters um, that he has sent or sort of um, new book proposals and things like that. And as I say, you wander through the house. There are you can pick up nearly uh, a good lot of items um, within the house, and you can actually examine each of them. Some of them don't obviously reveal any clues or anything new, but the developers have obviously done that um, to let you see that you can actually, you know, something you might pick up might have something on it, um, but you just don't know. So it's potentially worth looking at nearly everything because you might miss something or here or there. Um, there's a couple of little puzzles. Yeah, more to do with sort of um, cracking um, sort of code locks um, on a safe or a locker and what have you, and uh, you'll get clues to the um, the actual combinations and things for those. For a two-hour experience, it is very impressive. It maybe sets a tone um, that might have an influence on where you think the game goes, um, which is curious and is really well handled but they don't follow through with how you think it might go potentially and that's about as spoilery <laughs> as I'm going to get I'm not going to say any, I'm not going to say any more than that but it is really really well done and uh, just a very clever um, thing again we've always said about you know oh well our games aren't and some games definitely aren't art and what have you and Something like Gone Home is definitely one of those experiences you could not have in any other medium. Mm. Um, because there just isn't that interactivity um, mm. otherwise. You could maybe do it in real life, but it wouldn't necessarily have the emotional impact because you're not necessarily portraying a person in the game with a backstory already. Um, it would be more of a mystery of going around the house and actually just finding out details about other people. Um, potentially you know, there's little postcards and what have you that you've obviously sent home and actually then you start to learn a little bit more about Kate herself um, while she's been away and uh, potentially the things that she's missed um, but yeah um, just a wonderful experience and uh, I think even at two hours and even though I've only played it recently I think it may well sneak into my game of the year list and mm. um, that's how impressed I was with it it, it made its way into lots of publications game of the year lists the, the when it came out which was was it last year or was it the year before? 
The year out. before, I think it's two years old now. 2014, yeah. Um, yeah. It's been PC exclusive for quite a while. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, it was on PS Plus. I think it launched on PlayStation as a PS Plus game, which was mm-hmm. which was good. Um, that's the platform I'm going to be playing it through on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. Yep, definitely worth your time. Um, mm. Even a short amount of time though it is, it's definitely worth <coughs> it. And that's all I have. Keeping, so it, nice and, keeping yeah. it nice and short. Um, for lapsed gamers, I would definitely recommend Gone Home. The beginner's guide is good, but I think does require um, having played the Stanley Parable beforehand as well. Mm. But if you were going to, certainly pick up both of those and uh, go and try Dr. Langeskov as well, considering it's free anyway. Um, I think as a sort of a, a little sort of a triptych, um, those three games beside each other actually work really, really well. Is um, the beginner's guide? Is it the sort of game where you'd need to have a, like a rudimentary knowledge about game development at all? I wouldn't think so. I would say okay. if you if you've played enough first person, um, just sort of first person games, I think you would get a good idea because they're all sort of based on that. And even if you've played like Doom um, back in the day, and mm. I would guess even a little bit of Minecraft, um, just sort of for level design or sort open areas and things like that. Um, I think that would be enough. Um, so it would. Uh, no. There's, it's a little bit of sort of fundamentals and things like that, and obviously it picks up. Um, there's little sort of snippets of games or you know similarities and what have you. I think like the first level that you play through is actually like a modified um, old uh, like a CS:GO or Counter Strike level or something like that. <laughs> um, so you don't necessarily have to have played, but if you have any experience of playing games in general, I think you will actually um, get some benefit from it. Well, I have definitely played games. You have played <laughs> games, yes. No, no, you buy games, <laughs> you play them. and I finish them. Eventually, <laughs> says says who? Uh, I see no evidence. <laughs> um, one other little thing that I wanted to mention is that um, at the start of November, there my son actually broke his leg, um, so he did. So he's actually been in a cast recently, and obviously we've been spending time with him at home. Mm. Um, so as a little treat, and because we knew he was going to be sort of housebound um, for a lot of the time, I picked up both um, Skylander Swap Force and Skylanders Giants. Uh, for the princely sum of seven pounds for the pair of them, um, so he has been getting an awful yeah he has been getting an awful lot of fun out of those, and uh, mm. I've been helping him here and there. And actually, I've been quite surprised at how good those games are. Mm. Um, yeah. For obviously being sold on the back of the fact that you know it's sort of the physical DLC um, mm. elements and what have you to it, the games themselves are actually very very sound and actually quite big um, as well. Uh, so I've been thoroughly impressed with those. Well, Andy Piddy's been banging on about them for at least a year. <laughs> yeah, at least that, yeah. yeah. Um, as I say, the £7 price mark for two of them uh, was just too hard to resist. And uh, yeah, no, he's That's been having talking. a lot of fun. He's been having a lot of fun out of them, and I've been um, having a lot of fun helping him. Uh, the fact that both of them have co-op mode as well means that I can help him in certain areas and things like that as well, or um, even just sort of taking over if he's struggling with a little bit of platforming mm. um, parts of it. Lovely. So that's all I have. Uh, I'll go next. I, it's been a while since I've uh, I've been on a, a podcast, um, so I've got a few games to go through, but I shall rattle through them fairly quickly. Um, been playing quite a bit of Titanfall Two. Managed hey. to uh, complete the campaign finally. Um, so good. Probably for one of the best camp- campaign. It's yeah. come on. It's five hours. At so sh- oh bullshit! <laughs> bullshit! Four hours on standard, three and a half on hard. No. How does that work? How okay. does that work? Um, but I, I would say it's probably one of the best, albeit short. 
Uh, probably one of the best campaigns I've played this year. That's the only um, criticism I've got of it is when I got to the end, I enjoyed it so much. I just wanted there to be more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and obviously, I've been playing quite a lot of online with yourself, Mark. Mm. Um, and yeah, really enjoying it. It's it's a it's one of those shooters that there's enough to it, but it's easy enough just to pick up and play. Yeah. Um, with the likes of a couple of other games that I'll go into shortly, but the likes of your Call of Duties and that, you have to have a couple of matches to get into the rhythm of it. Uh, whereas with Titan 4 you kind of just get in and I do your thing um, moving on from there uh, I uh, have been playing The Division again um, I got the game again for the third time um, on the <laughs> PS4 uh, so, I've managed, you. <laughs> uh, so I've managed to uh, get to the, the level cap and gear cap of 225 that, um, that was going for a tenner in some places like physical copies on Black Friday yeah, ten uh, pounds just, for that the was division. just a core game, but so yeah, I know it's just a yeah. core game. But you know, there's there's still there's, there's, there's a decent amount it's, of game for a tenner. It's kind of like saying there's the core version of Destiny, but pointless. Well, yeah, yeah, I guess. <laughs> but maybe uh, uh, no as pointless, but uh, still two two nine is the uh, level cap. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah two two nine. So it didn't take me too long to get there. I've done it before on the uh, Xbox. Uh, so I've been doing. I've done all the incursions apart from Dragon's Nest. Mm. Uh, me and a, a group of guys are going through all those, and we've just not got around to doing that one yet. Yeah, I, noticed um, I haven't been getting any invites to your little incursion parties. Well, you never on. You're always out <laughs> buying games. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, 1.4 has definitely helped that game for the latest patch. Um, but because I've got it on PC and Xbox, I've been playing a little bit of 1.5. Um, mm. So there's a, a massive uh, patch that's come for that and some survival. Uh, and survival is really 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 good mm. um, you basically uh, go down to where the underground bit is turn off right and then you that's where the lobby is to, to join that you can do PvP or PvE um, and basically you start with a pistol in a uh, just a, a sheltered area um, with a crafting bench and you have to go and survive and I can't remember what the, the actual main bit is you've got to do. I think you've got you've to get got the to infection. You've got to make your way to the centre of the zone. Yeah, you've got to go to the yeah. centre of the dark zone and the get dark zone, uh, yeah. extracted by a helicopter in the middle of a blizzard. Yeah, is it like some um, like remedy or Oh yeah, uh, something you, that you have to extract, like, isn't it? You, you've, got, you've caught the, the virus that killed most of the people that, sets, yeah. that starts off the game and you've got to... Um, take antibiotics and stuff to survive what, until yes. and, yeah. Yeah, and various other things you need to do to survive until you get to the centre yeah. and get extracted so I did do a little bit of uh, streaming just to show a couple of mates of the day uh, off my PC uh, it's really really good the, you get mm. a sense of urgency about the game and you're looking everywhere in the core game unless you're physically looking for certain parts or fabrics to, to craft with you, you tend to ignore it and don't want to waste up your inventory and whatnot. Um, but in this you're actually looking for it because the better the gear that you can craft um, just um, a prow so just it's non-functioning gear but it actually has a, a heat value to it and that adds to your resistance to the to the, the coldness which goes down to minus 40 at times and you've only got a pistol that start off with and there's a really bad blizzard in the area as well so you can hardly see where you're going and there's, uh, they've added an awful lot to it um, and it, and that's that's really really good but we'll 
talk a little bit more about that later in the news, hopefully. Mm. It's like um, they've turned it basically into like a terrifying survival game instead of the just... game it was meant to be. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's yeah. the kind of game they, they, they promised at the beginning, yeah. and now it's like, ah, here it is. It's a year later. Hmm. Yeah. The first time I played it, you, I was just wandering through and walked straight into a, a named or a yellow enemy uh, and just died instantly because he was like level 34 and I had a pistol. Um, <laughs> yeah, but survivors can pump so, each other as well, can't they? I've, I've, yes. My mate's been pointing, he's been saying to me, like, you can team up with folk, but then you get, if folk kill you, you, you die. It's permadeath yes. as well, isn't it? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then you have to rejoin the lobby and you can get, um, you actually level up as you go along and you get a percentage of completing it depending on how long you last and different things you do and that. Um, so yeah, that's really good for for it's only it's a second expansion, but we'll talk more in the news about that. Um, Gears of War four. Haven't played an awful lot of it. Uh, picked it up a couple of days after launch, I think it was. Uh, really, really enjoy it. Uh, just not had a lot of time to pump into it. Um, I've started the campaign twice, uh, once on my own, uh, and then a friend of mine got it on PC. So we were doing some crossplay from the uh, Xbox to PC, which worked really well. Uh, doing some uh, co-op campaign on that. Um, so that's really good. Uh, Battlefield 1, I've uh, been playing quite a lot of that. It's great to get into a shooter that's uh, not heavily futuristic. It's quite mm. nice to get back into the, the nitty gritty of it. Uh, there's been a few issues with the game from what I've played. I've, I've played it a fair amount with uh, hit markers and stuff, although they have been patching it. So I think they've managed to um, sort that out quite a bit. Um, but that's good fun. Uh, it reminds me a lot of World at War. That was probably the last uh, World War game that we've had uh, mm. from uh, was that Act- no, not Activision Treyarch uh, Treyarch yeah Treyarch yeah, Treyarch, yeah. Uh, so yeah yeah that's really good uh, the uh, the single player campaign's really really good as well uh, driving tanks around and stuff and apparently Lawrence Sarabia is in it as well yes uh, yeah. I've not a chance to play all of that yet mm. um, on Black Friday uh, I picked up um, Infamous. Uh, Second Son and God of War 1 and 2 and 3 uh, <laughs> I picked them all up I've not played any of them uh, the new one looks really good that was teased at E3 uh, so I'm playing God of War 1 on my Vita and that's the only one I've started playing so far um, put a couple of hours into it uh, really good um, that would probably be my lapse gamer recommendation um, just because it is I think it's £6 for the first two on the Vita um, which is a bargain uh, and yes, it's a decent game, bit of a hack and slash kind of game, uh, platformer. Um, so that's that's really good, enjoying that. Uh, and then Infamous Second Son, I've played the other games. Uh, this again was on sale. I think I've got the Legendary Edition or something like that for twelve pounds ish. Very good. Mm. Um, and it looks really, really good mm. if you've got a four K TV and you've got HDR, because uh, the colours in it at certain places are. Oh, fantastic. Oh, mate, have um, you gotten to the point where you get the neon powers? No, not yet. Oh, mate, wait for that. Jesus, the colours. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, really good. Um, just a standard infamous game, really. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's it's quite nice that you're a bit of a rebellion this time, but with a bit of a heart. But again, with the infamous games, you can be good or bad. So uh, yeah, you choose. Um it's very, very binary. That's the only problem with the, with the yeah. morality system in that game. Is that you are either good or you are bad. There are no shades of grey. Yeah, yeah. Because sometimes you're kind of like, well, I could do with the power of that guy, so I might just kill him rather than healing him. Mm. But it'll go quite negatively against you. Yeah. Uh, and the first logo I picked was the 
a donkey or an ass pulling a weird face. <laughs> I thought it was quite funny to put that on a flag. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the last two games that I've been playing, uh, Watch Dogs 2. Uh, Ubisoft sent me a copy of that. Um, and I'm really, really enjoying that. Yeah. It's a massive step up from the first one. Um, it's a lot more fun to play. Um, it seems to be hackers having fun rather than being depressed and the world's against them and everything. Oh, God, Aiden uh, Pierce uh, was so fucking boring. Yeah, yeah, he was. <laughs> um, but in this one, your main guy, although he looks like Tiny Temper, um, has a lot of fun, um, likes to play around a bit, and some of the, the bits where you hack someone's house and you're telling them to do things, he's actually having fun and playing random bits of music and changing his voice and whatnot. Um, I think I've put about four to five hours into it but there's a lot of side quests and messing around with your drone and one of the really good fun parts I've had with it is e-kart racing so it's like a go-kart but with a battery um, and you have to actually you, you pick up the mission and then you have to upgrade your cart so you have to go and pinch a chip and then pinch a better battery and different things like that uh, and that's actually really good fun uh, I enjoyed doing that um, on, on there um, so yeah uh, Watch Dogs 2 I could talk about it for quite a while, but I won't, because uh, I think did Kev talk about it in the last episode? Uh, yes, he was less than impressed, bit. though. Oh, okay. Uh, I quite enjoy it. It's good. Uh, there's lots of little gadgets for you to use, and uh, and different things, and randomly blowing up stuff. And when you're actually trying to hack someone, you can blow up the phone, uh, which is always good fun. <laughs> it's uh, like yeah. an old GTA phone. I found yeah. it me on like kind of San Andreas base city, but tonally I found it all over the fucking shop because. You're playing as a smart, savvy, cool kid who's like, yeah, man, I'm a hipster, motherfucker. But then you win an assault rifle in modern fields and fields and fields and fields of people. And then you walk back in and it's like, hey, man, it's great. And it's kind of like, yeah, you just killed thousands and hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah. But nobody cares. Yeah. It's I mean, great. I just personally try to play you, you quite can, stealthily. Yeah, you can play the entire game non-lethally, which no, is what I'm saying is the like, first one, it's, really. It's the ability to be this, the total all out assault yeah. guy. It's a yeah. bit kind of like, what's the point of having it there when you're against the whole as I mentioned um, vibe of the game as I mentioned like last week uh, Super Bunny Hop did a very good video uh, about this where he was talking about how it would have been nice if Ubisoft had taken the risk of say not letting you have a gun so you just had the stun oh, gun yeah, taser or like, yeah like a taser, taser gun's or fine or rubber like, bullets not having yeah rubber bullets yeah not having a 3D printer where you can print assault rifles and sniper rifles and whatnot, or at the very least because um, you know like your XP levelling up thing is measured in like how many followers you've got yeah. maybe it would have been a good idea if they put in a system where I, if you killed people you lost followers dead. Sad face. Yeah, you, you lose yeah. you lose followers and you take an XP hit for it because you've been a dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But mm. it's it's just I just think that part of it's all over the place because it, it, it yeah. it's trying to cater to that kind of fifteen year old guy who's just like a fuck this and just draws it on a salt rifle and mows everybody down. And yeah. then it's like, hey, dude, you're the man. No, no you're, you just killed hundreds of well, people. <laughs> the interesting thing is, is the the thing from the first games in is uh, again where you can go and hack someone. You can hack you someone else's game. The, 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 um, the grave. Yeah, and I, I was, I was, I was sat really hacking good. someone, um, and then he just started killing everyone trying to find me, and I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Just find me. But yeah, he just decided to plough down. Every I was in quite a busy area, and I just hid myself in a corner, and he was killing everyone in sight until he found me. And I was like, 
And he proceeded to kill you. So, mission over. <laughs> no, I, I escaped. The online but stuff in it was really patchy first two weeks, but <coughs> they yeah. only officially switched it fully on like a week and a half after launch. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's only so. recently fully come on. Um, so, yeah, that's Watch Dogs 2. And then uh, the last game uh, that I've picked up recently, and this is why I'm not on your Year of Shame Batlogathon. <laughs> Can he say work. that? That's copyrighted. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, is uh, I picked up Planet Coaster. Uh, which is really really good fun uh, for anyone that doesn't know what Planet Coaster is it's basically a roller coaster tycoon um, but oh it's way by... more than the roller coaster tycoon yeah but it's that kind of yeah, theme yeah, park yeah. management thing um, but you the, can do the... so much more yeah 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 the, the actual management side of it is not as good as other titles out there but the actual building side of it is just phenomenal um, some of the things that you can do uh, if anybody wants to find out, just just Google it. Uh, people have completely recreated Universal Studios and Disneyland and all sorts of stuff. Um, but it's it's really really good fun. Uh, the actual story mode to it or career mode is really good. You basically go to a a, a preset uh, theme park. Um, so the first uh, uh, career is all um, pirate based. And basically what you do is you have three stars to get and it's easy, medium and hard depending on how much you want to do and it will say build two rides, earn X amount or uh, attract X amount of new uh, customers to your to your park um, or it could be the harder ones that earn X amount of money and, and things like that uh, and obviously it gets progressively harder but the way the career modes worked is that if you do all the stars you actually learn a hell of a lot about the game and the management side of it and adding in entertainers and maintenance guys and things like that um, but the crazy things that you can do with the roller coasters um, and the, the level of detail in it as well so you could create you could spend hours and hours making one roller coaster uh, making it do some insane stuff that would probably kill people um, but then when people go to ride it or you test it there's actually um, three variables to a ride and it's uh, the fear uh, the thrill and then the happiness uh, sorry sorry, not happiness um, uh, nausea uh, and you have to get the balance of all three just right for a perfect ride um, if not you have to put like bins outside of your at the exit of your ride so they can go throw up afterwards <laughs> um, and things like that um, so yeah it's really really good and, and the level of detail like I say that it, it goes into um, you can put your tracks through the floor um, and you can even put triggers on the, the ride um, so when it's going along at a certain bit you can have uh, water fountains shoot up or something actually pop up out onto the ride and all sorts and all sorts of stuff um, I've put about 10 hours into that game I think which was me just randomly sat there in sandbox mode crafting random stuff um, and you can actually save the blueprint of your rides and upload them to Steam and then other people can download your ride and see what they think and give you feedback and, and different things like that um, it's, it's really really good fun um, I think it was about £20-ish it's not a full £30 or £40 game so it's definitely worth picking up if you're into that type of thing um, and yeah it's really really good fun yeah, I yeah. <laughs> I watched uh, some of the videos and what have you on YouTube, and uh, it looks really impressive. One yeah. of the other things that I discovered over the weekend is the fact that Jim Guthrie um, actually does the soundtrack to it, and the soundtrack is gorgeous. Yes, it's just yeah. a really laid back sort of chill Sunday or Saturday morning. 
Um, so it is, it's yeah. not totally ambient, you know, there's enough little sort of tunes and everything going on in it that actually makes it really nice to listen to, and uh, yep. it's superb. Um, I would suggest if you can, or you know, if you don't necessarily want to buy the game, go and listen to the soundtrack, um, which is available to stream on Bandcamp. Um, it's well worth looking out for, so it is. Yeah, it's, it is really, really good. It's one of those soundtracks where it, it kind of helps you pass the time. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just it just relaxes you so much into the game and you're just plodding along and enjoying the music. But you can actually, on the rides itself, you can actually upload your own music. So you can actually have um, your own music playing to a certain ride. Um, and it's coming out the speakers and the chairs and different <laughs> things like that. The, the level of detail is fantastic on it. You can actually ride the rides as well from various perspectives and stuff. It's really, really good fun. Oh, somebody's bound to have done Prodigy Firestarter, haven't they? <laughs> oh, <laughs> sure probably, yeah. yeah. Somewhere, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but, but my laps gave me a recommendation at my little list. Uh, it would probably be God of War uh, on the Vita if you've not played them. Um, uh, and if you have, um, maybe Infamous Second Son if you with it being so cheap uh, yeah. on the PS4 it's, it's well worth it, £11 because that includes the uh, what was the uh, DLC for that oh uh, so, First Lights First Light yeah so yeah. that's that's with it as well so kind of two games for one ish I'd play Second Sun before you play First Light though yeah yeah cool that's that me. game is like if it it can be it can get quite difficult when you play through it on the, the top difficulty but if you just want to have fun with it, stick it on easy, and it's just like the same as the other Infamous games. It's just such a power trip. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. really good fun. Yeah, very. Uh, Stu, you've been very quiet. Uh, Cullen, what have you Whee! played? Sorry, um, <laughs> the side. Um, yes, video games. Um, I played shit loads of stuff. That's the standard issue. Um, what will I talk about? I shall talk about Firewatch. Um, played Firewatch. Um, yeah, it's alright. Um, it's still the most cheeriest of the games, but hey, wife isn't that way anyway. Um, also, <laughs> f- <laughs> on, the, on the cheery note, I've been playing really happy games. I've also played Beyond Eyes, which is an absolute steaming crock of shit. Um, which theoretically is a kind of cool idea, but in practice is just, uh, just, a, just not fun. Um, because you play somebody who's blind, and I didn't see that coming, and it's a case of you, 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 it's really weird. She can see, like she can see. It's really distorted. She can see like three feet in front of her. She projects. It's, it's, stay with me. It's a bit like unfinished swan in that the world is white, and as she walks, she pulses and it reveals part of the world and she can hear noises and stuff but to all intents and purposes she walks very slow and can see um, although she's blind apparently um, yeah it, it, it doesn't pay off at the end it's meant to be a sad touching tale but really it's just kind of like yeah okay um, yeah if, if, you, if you're wanting to fill three four hours of your life with something that just just something maybe maybe, maybe try it maybe 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 buy Mark again. You know what I mean. Either way, you'll get the same. You'll get the same result. Um, also played Manual Samuel, which is kind of like Weekend at Bernie's, the computer game. It's really funny, um, and it's really like Octodad but 2D. Um, I would say Manual Samuel is really worth picking up. Um, I enjoyed it. 
hashtag enjoyed. It's a joke if you play it. If you do not played it, don't worry. You won't need to know about it. Um, what else? Um, real games, proper games. No, I'm kidding. On. Um, I've been playing COD, um, and I really like it because it's COD, and I like COD and chaps. Um, it's decent. It's having played the other. Uh, games that are out there now. Um, I really like the multiplayer. I seem to be going back to it night after night. Um, I just think it's because you fight actual people, and it's you always feel that ooh when you're fighting somebody mm-hmm. instead of fighting a robot and a robot going, "Hey man, you're doing a great <laughs> job. Well done." Well, yeah. I'm not a real person. I'm just a figment of your imagination, just here to make you feel like your little life's not as insignificant. Whereas. The guys that actually are fighting are stabbing you and breaking your neck and stuff, and you're like, oh, oh sorry, oh, I just killed 400 fucking nabodies who aren't even real people. Whereas in COD, it's man against man, and it's really good fun. Um, maps are a bit. Hang on, just uh, man against man. Well, the majority of characters in COD are men. Oh, I thought you were talking about the people behind the car. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. I was going to say. Don't have that. I don't even think you can. Get... You, can you can be a robot in COD. Yeah, that, yeah that's a happy medium. Um, but you all, everybody wears armor, so you can't tell. Yeah, fuck it, you all die. They're all the same. Um, but I, it's it's built around the rig system. Each rig's got a magical power. Um, the robot can drop its arms into assault rifles and run really fast. There's a guy who can time travel kind of thing. Um, it sounds a lot like the last year's one in that sense. <laughs> a guy gets a big turret that can laser chain people, which is really good in hardcore because it fucks them right up. Um, it's just it's just COD, but it's really enjoyable and it's, it's decent. I really like it. And I know it's no as accessible as Titanfall. And I know it's no as bombastic. Well, it's not even bombastic. It's Battlefield 1 lacks vehicle combat, if we're being honest. There's no there's tanks, but there's no vehicle combat on the level of what vehicle combat in Battlefield is if you've played Battlefield. Um, and the snipers don't snipe as bad as that, because everybody's a medic! Everybody's a medic! Because <laughs> he loves the medic gun. Why do they love the medic gun? Because it's a, it's a mid to long range rifle that's semi-auto, so they can spammy spam spam that trigger, and they can kill you, kill you, kill you! Yeah, it's all fucking noob-orientated. Fucking hate that. But um, yeah, and the maps are really wide open battlefield as well, which is another issue. There's two, there's there's more wide open expanses, which favour the medics, than there is boxed narrow areas which favour other people. That's due to map design, but I think as well. well there's a couple of maps which desert are... wide open, the uh, Italian mountains wide open, uh, the forest fundamentally that railroad <laughs> well, wide open. The level, uh, well, the level that everyone calls indoor. Kind, k- kinda, but we're a wooden shack and a train. Yeah. Um, and the other one that's the Italian coast, where you run up to the fort and then yeah. you bank down to the left. Um, with the dreadnought, the magical dreadnought. Dreadnought appears, yes, and then you get into the turret and you can't fucking shoot for shit because it takes twenty minutes for it to actually move into a position in conquest where well, you can get a beetle or something. They're not known for their speed. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, the, the whole thing is you're in the, the, when you're in the actual airship, you can shoot at all 360 degrees and you've got a good firing arc, i.e. you can hit what you shoot. In the Dreadnought, the, the, because the cannon works like a mortar, you can only aim it in certain parts of the map. And because the Dreadnought has to position itself, 
it's fundamentally useless for the first 10 minutes it's in the map because by the time it moves the, the game's moved on so fast and unless they are capturing points at your base where A, B and C usually sits because they're on a straight line Mm-hmm. takes you way too long to get any position to yeah, assault well, AB. That's, that's, yeah. that's what Battlefield has always been like. But the whole point of the Dreadnoughts are they're meant to turn the tide of war. Ha <laughs> ha, funny, <laughs> Dreadnought and Tide. Um, but well, um... That's, no, the that's, what they're for. that's why the losing team gets the Dreadnought. Yeah, yeah, no, you can still, like, uh, it takes a while to move into position, yeah, but you can use the main, like, turret to completely, I mean, absolutely completely clear out one of the capture points, as long as it's not indoors. But the main, no, that's what I'm saying, the main the... thing for the Dreadnought, it seems, is, like, is turning the tide of the aerial battles, because most of the turrets on it are anti-aircraft guns, and you, you can completely the clear the skies. See, but the argument there is you need them to be flying planes and yeah i they might be but realistically they're capturing points at the other up the back of the map they're never going to be in planes because they're all capturing because like i say you run between eight i think it's it's no a b and c but it's like e d and c i think and it's basically because they're a straight line they just run from one end to the next end and okay. yeah anti-aircraft guns are great but there's a bastard and big fort in your way you can't shoot through it so, no, uh, just wave. Hi guys. It's but you can uh, you can also capture points from the dreadnought as well. So you just hover you it above one, a point. You can capture E. E is the only way, and it's only once it's in position you can capture that. Oh, you can capture any of the points. How? You just hover above it. You the need to. Be, uh, oh no, sorry. Uh, I thought you were talking about this, the the, um, the, the blimp, the airship. Ah, yeah. yeah. No, I'm talking about the boat. I'm talking about oh, no. the dreadnought. Oh the, no, the no, yeah. Sorry, I was on a different page. Yeah, the, the dreadnought's garbage. <laughs> yeah, I was talking. Oh, the airship's great because the airship yeah. you can go anywhere and do anything, and you can yeah. shoot everything because you've got hundreds of guns. No, no, the dreadnought's the boat, and the boat's really rubbish. <laughs> the, the, yeah. Whereas. I- the, the, the armor train is just overkill because the fucking map's got a railroad in the middle of it and there's you, you need to cross the railroad to get to the other side. <laughs> yeah. But you can you can still sneak up on the train and put uh, dynamite on it. The train's just a tank, but you just forget. You just go under the bridge and do it all that way or go around outside it and stuff. Same with the desert. You never, the, the dreadnoughts and the, the, the train is only good for the points that the track or the, the, the travels, which mm. fundamentally is only like one or two flags. Oh, yeah six flag game so yeah. it ain't gonna save no one it ain't gonna stop no one you know what i mean it's kind of like no no you're, you're they're, they're a bit null and void whereas the airship actually maneuvers itself around the battlefield and this is get fuck all today with cod it really has get fuck all today the one thing that does annoy me with battlefield one i'm just going to say this is that you can lock the doors to stop enemies coming in and, and then you know when they're there them in. no yeah but your own teammates blow them up it's like what you're yeah. doing you fucking idiot i've just barricaded take, us in here to protect the point take, take the hinges off yeah <laughs> Fucking hell! It's 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 battlefield. It's, it's just the way. It's just the way it is. You know what I mean? It's it's the way it is. But that's not COD. Back to COD. Um, yeah, I I, I really like COD. Um, and Modern Warfare Remastered is Modern Warfare Remastered. It says what it is in the tin. It's the game you remember from back in the day. We have a few new trappings, but fundamentally, it's the same cheap ass shit. Drop shot and like a pro. Fucking last stand juggernaut. All that shit. Back and forth martyrdom. Woohoo! Yeah. Um, Martyrdom and shipment, get in. Yep, that, that's that, that. That's that is that. Yep, shotguns, shotguns at dawn. Um, just running around fucking shotguns with like sniper range and stuff. It's, ch- it's the same with battlefield. I've got a shotgun. I'll put a solid slug in it. It's a sniper. <laughs> no, it's a fucking shotgun. It's like I've got an amazing video actually in battle. Back to battlefield. Back to battlefield. There's an amazing video with me up in the CD map in the desert. I think it's the Oasis map or whatever. There's a map of me up in the the cliffside. 
where there's a, a flag below it and you know how the train where the train runs there's a flag at the train yard it's easily what a mile and a half away I sit with a BR and a single I, 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 I should you know I, I actually snipe a guy with a BR uh, and you shouldn't be able to do that because a, a bar is like what maybe it's really short to mid range and I'm killing guys at long range hmm. where I gun that why is this happening Battlefield? Should, um, it should short, it's, the short I shouldn't make the distance because, uh, it's try and compensate for the fact that you can't put massively long range scopes on the sniper rifles and things like that the bullet drop um, and the, the, the Coriolis effect has been massively reduced from horrible. what it was in Battlefield 4 straight, shooting a straight line for 8 miles it's horrible isn't it because that's mm. the thing because I was saying to my mate because I went in my mate's calling me you, you don't need to correct your shot. He's like, what do you mean? I was like, just, just shoot at their head. I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, no, just just trust me. You and I was like, need I, I, to, You still need oh, to lead your target. No, no, but if he's stunning, shooting, you pop him and you'll pop him. You know what I mean? You mm-hmm. don't need... It's like, before you had to kind of aim up like a good t- head and a half, now it's just like, oh, there he's Bang, he's dead. Oh, well. And I'm not I, sure if they've corrected that on, on the latest patch, though. I see, I'm I don't know. It's like we were, sure. were saying before we come on, like the hardcore mode needs major tweakage major tweakage because right. it's like they've just switched off everything but like I was saying the mortar it doesn't work now because you can't aim it because all you've got is a guy crouched at a tube it's kind of like yeah who do I aim or how do I aim I don't know just spam the button just see what happens you know what I mean and it's just like other things in it. like uh, the fog of war mode I was never a big fan of the one where you run about with just a pistol shooting yeah. folk oh, I've not tried any of the new, new ones yet uh, no, no, no. it's alright it's not amazing um but yeah, the, the code game's good, but I'll, I'll wait and see what the, the first map, 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 map pack delivers. Um, well, that's wait until March for that. Well, maybe, maybe. Mm-hmm. Probably sneak something out, because I'll need to... Because I know, like, <clears throat> Titanfall 2, <laughs> let's get Angel City. Um, mm-hmm. It's just been released, because, you know, I mean, all the fans of the original who were new in... PlayStation owners because they didn't have the original. Um, I'll be able to play that map, which is a good map. It's a real good map. I really liked it. Um, yeah, it's a fan favorite, apparently. Back, back, well, it's, well, it's really, there was only really that and another two I can think of that are standout uh, Titanfall maps. Um, but then I think it's really weird how they don't bring in Atlas and Strider and stuff, all the original guys, all the original Titans as well. I found that really weird. You know, it's kind of, well, you could have rigged out Atlas with like some kind of cool gun and that would have did him and stuff but they bend all the original because that was the thing as well some of the that pissed me off having obviously looked at original artwork and stuff for things it's like oh, a lot of their launch artwork for Titanfall 2 featured the original Titans and you're like but they're not in the game they're nowhere to be seen how um, how, how did but, you get from COD to Battlefield 1 to Titanfall 2 it's just off FPS shit, isn't it? It's just, it's just <laughs> FPS. It's just, F- it's just FPSs. You know what I mean? It's what we do. We like, it's that time of year. Time to shoot things and be jolly. Yeah. Um, and what else have you been playing, Stu? Um, cluster Truck, which is as exciting as it would imagine. Mm. Pretty simple. There are trucks. There is a path. Run down the trucks, get to the end. Hooray! But then it starts thrown in weird graph uh, gravity effects and it's all a bit random and there's cogs and lasers and nasty yep. rocks. Is that on the Xbox? Yes. Yeah. Um everything's on the Xbox I've mentioned. Um, but yeah, um Costa Trucks great fun. It's fun is that, it is. Is that a uh, ID game? Oh it's an indie game, so Yeah. Xbox I, but it's like fifteen, sixteen quid. 
Okay. Uh, so it's no, it's no particularly cheap, but it's yeah, it's right. do, it's good. I'm enjoying it. Um, it's kind of like Mirror's Edge. If Mirror's Edge was a bit crazier and it had more trucks in it to take out your city and put in trucks, uh, but yeah, it's it's good. It's not one of these wee oddity games or so. And I was like, oh, okay, there we go. See what that's like. Um, dabbling in Rainbow Six as well. Back to FPSs. Um, dabbling <laughs> in Rainbow Six because they've got a new Japanese. Yeah, yeah. App thing where I didn't know Japan was known for their Spec Ops teams, but apparently uh, you play that. But again, apparently I was getting told as well in Rainbow Six that they're, they're taking away the season pass for the first season after a certain date, and that'll yes. be that'll be it. You'll not be able to get the operators for that season pass, and then they're bringing out season two season pass, which will have all the operators, which I think is really bizarre. Or is it a case that you buy season two season pass and you got all the season one? Yeah, but no, it seems. Quite a few people I know have rushed out to well, in particular deals. They know the Rainbow Six Gold Edition is quite cheap, mm-hmm. and they've just done the switcheroo and switched out their stock for the Gold Edition, um, mm-hmm. digitally or non-digitally. Yeah. And you yeah. can pick it up. I think somebody I know yeah. picked it up, and basically by the end it cost them a fiver for the season pass. That way, I was like, oh, very good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, again, wow. I kind of hope the day one last hurrah sale and drop it to like seven quid or something and I'll pick it up then you know what I mean because realistically it's weird because all you're getting is the operators you get the maps for free anyway everybody gets the maps but it's the operators that you get for free you know what I mean yeah. and some of them are OP um, the big American guy with the, the bullet shield assault rifle yeah he's pretty much a tank um, and he's pretty much the reason you buy it <laughs> because of him um, and Buck's assault rifle's pretty decent as well he's the Canadian guy um, yeah, yeah. But, yeah his assault rifle's pretty good so I'm kind of like yeah but then ah, Rainbow's Rainbow you know what I mean I always like a bit of Rainbow so can't complain about it and other than that I've just been playing all the other random stuff Watch Dogs Dishonored you've all heard it before I for folk more elegantly than I would put it so yeah that's what I've been playing by COD now lovely and any game you'd recommend for a laps gamer uh, COD yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's not. No, don't laugh. No, 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 no. I'm saying it's you know it's kind of standard. It's I would like, still recommend you know what you're getting with COD. I would say yeah, and you know what your salts are worth. Whereas yeah. if you buy Titanfall, yay! It's like you're kidding yourself on. It's like you're kidding yourself on, mate. You're you're you know like if you want to pretend you live in a world for unicorns and rainbows, buy Titanfall and you'll love it, and you'll never think twice about it. But if you actually want to know. Am I any good at this wife? And am I any good in this game? Then by God, because the campaign's really good. I didn't touch on campaign, but don't no, because you go off against real people, and if you're pish, you're pish, and I'm sorry, you die. But it's like life. When life gives you lemons, you work hard to make a lemon press to squeeze them. It's all about getting better. It's if you don't get beat, you don't get better. That's it. Get beat down, get back. It's all about character, I suppose. You get beat down, you get back up. I go into, I, I get into hardcore and I die in sex, but that's the whole point. Hardcores, see, die, shoot, die. Beautiful. If you if you don't die, it's all about your reactions and your trigger time and stuff. And I, alright, maybe some people listening are in their 40s might have missed that stage in life. But I still believe that if you spend time and put time into learning weapons, loadouts and shit, you can become a competent COD player. Instead of getting into Titanfall and going, yeah, this is great, woohoo! And it's kind of like, yeah, but... But what's the point? Oh, it's fun, but but you're kidding yourself, on me. It's like it might be fun, but you're kidding yourself, on. Like isn't that why people play video games to have oh, fun? 
Well, I have <laughs> immense fun playing COD in hardcore because I think it's amazing because I love the Russia beating people, no beating pretend people. Oh, look, there's AI. Yeah. Well, anyway, then, moving uh, on. You can, you can still play Pilots v Pilots or Coliseum or any of the other yeah, modes where there are no AI. Yeah, but then it's both and 5. What's the, where's the chat? Like, oh, any game... No, hey, stop trying to make out to the listeners that you're all that. I've seen you play Gears of War at EGX, Jesus. Ah, in campaign? Hold on a minute. Let's throw you into the campaign with a lightning storm. I'll admit, I didn't know what the fuck a lightning storm was when it was in Gears. And yes, I died because it's like, I wonder what happens if you... Oh, right, I died. Okay. And it's like, fair enough. But when you play against actual... Like, when you play multiplayer, if you're... It, <sighs> As I've said right, before, uh, all right, really big bollocks. You, don't, you're the, no, don't you're the greatest. No, no, I'm a I've got a positive KD in COD, mm-hmm. but it's because I'm trying good to play good. I'm mm. no sitting there going, oh, I mean, I'm through the roof in Titanfall, but then it's it, it's doing it's doing it where you get enjoyment for it. I need a challenge to feel as if I'm enjoying myself. I get into Titanfall, and I know I've said it before, and people go, oh, you get my head, but it's like. Titanfall makes good players feel great, it makes shit players feel great, good players feel great, and then it makes great players bored. And it does, because we get bored, because there's no challenge. You don't, you, you don't get well, the same calibre of people to fight against, because you having, never feel against the, against the wall. Spent, having spent a considerable amount of time on the um, the Titanfall subreddit, I can reliably say that you are the only person I've, I've, I've you know, heard giving that opinion. Well, all the guys I play with, every one of them, right? And we all had Titanfall. Shit you not, everyone's had Titanfall. You know how many years have got Titanfall now? Me. That's it. Everybody else get rid of it. And both Battlefield. Because you've got it digitally and you can't get rid of it. <laughs> well, that's also true. Um, but, <laughs> damn Anyway. Um, we'll but I. But I. If, if, like I say, if you're if, if, if you're a WAPS gamer and you want to feel great with yourself by Titanfall, if you're a WAPS gamer and you want to actually feel like you've done something with your life, by COD. Or Battlefield. Well, if you want to feel like you've done something to your life, probably don't play video games and go and do something constructive. <laughs> Playing cards constructive, you know what I mean? Just don't buy Mark games, right? That's the message yeah, you get. Don't, don't please. buy him games. Don't. Please. You know I mean? just, just stop it. Mark, what have you been playing? Um, right, I want to start by saying Titanfall's amazing, go and buy Titanfall. Um, right, so moving <laughs> swiftly onwards. It's got a time level, <laughs> Fucking Syndicate did it for a whole game last time. So, um, aside from sinking one, like one long three and a half hour long session into Mini Metro and realising that I'm really glad I'm not in charge of London Transport, um, what else have we been playing? Um, I got a new TV, I finally jumped into the world of, um... 4K televisions and bought one that's probably slightly too big for my living room, but I don't care. That's uh, a lie. There's no such thing as too big a TV. <laughs> it's like it doesn't complete the podcast. Get new TVs. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. me, uh, Kev, and yeah, yeah, Stu got one as well. Adam um, as well. I got is dipping in too. Sam- Adam's yeah. getting as well. Yeah. Samsung are rubbing their hands and they're good. Yeah, I think yeah. me, Adam, you, and did Kev get the Samsung in the end? Because I know there was think. Sony in the rounds. I think he's got Samsung in the end. Yeah. We've basically all got like two, like three mo- like the, the the models are all fundamentally the same. There's like one or two. It's like one up, one doing, one up, one doing. You know what I mean? It's not like what. Yeah. Uh, it's mental. It's like yeah. must be trying to sell them. <laughs> well, they're, they're good sets, and if Samsung want to sponsor us and send us some free sets, then they're more than happy to do so. Um, no telephones, please. 
Yeah, no. Just, well, no, I've got a Samsung phone. It hasn't blown up yet. <laughs> the keyboard is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Um, so, yeah, when I got the new TV, I decided to um, try out you know, some of the more colourful games I've got, just have a, few, a quick blast on some just to see what it looks like on the TV. So I ran through a couple of games on uh, Splatoon, played some Overwatch, a couple of levels of uh, Super Mario 3D World, and a couple of levels of Yoshi's Woolly World, because they're the most colourful games that I can think of that I, that I could None play. None of the stuff you're putting in it's 4K native, isn't it? Uh, no, but it, the TV will kind of approximate HDR, even if it's not being fed a HDR signal. If you, if you, I, I know it's just I was having this conversation the other day, and I was yeah. saying, when I get this TV, I don't have any 4K input to put in it. So we, no, no, I haven't got 4K input. Um, I mean, uh, Overwatch um, and uh, other PS4 games, it will still, uh, it'll still push out a HDR signal. It's not mm. pushing out 4K though because I haven't got a pro. Uh, the Wii U doesn't push out HDR signal, but it still and it's still kind of approximates it. Um, no, <laughs> but uh, games like Splatoon look like the colours look incredibly vivid, like, even more so than they did on my old 1080p set. So um, I'm very pleased with that purchase. Interestingly, uh, uh, when I put, um, <laughs> I've recently got my new amp hooked up, so it's all 4K up and things. Um, if you put uh, for, uh, HDR on and then load up uh, Infamous, it actually says that you can't broadcast or uh... record footage because you're running it through HDR. Yeah. Um, and it more. makes that Hopefully distinguishing not. switch over. Um, but yeah, I just thought I'd mention that. Yeah, I think it does that specifically with the PlayStation um, exclusive games. I don't think it does that with the. Because uh, I, I didn't say that pop with Overwatch or Battlefield or Titanfall. Um, okay. But I haven't played. I, haven't, I, I need to load up Uncharted to see what that mm. looks like, because I imagine that would look pretty nice on the TV. Um, they already looked gorgeous on my old set, but yeah. Um, <clears throat> moving on, I uh, had sat on my phone for a while but couldn't play it because I didn't have a controller um, until recently that worked with my phone. Um, Minecraft on Gear VR. Um, it's Minecraft. It's exactly the same as Minecraft has ever been. Um, it's the Pocket Edition. Uh, it's running on a probably the most at, at the moment the most powerful phone that Samsung makes since the Note 7 has gone kaput. Uh, so the draw distance is better than it is on the average phone, but still not as good as it is on like a console or PC version. Um, but experiencing that game in VR is kind of special. Um, I put it on the other night just to try it out and ended up playing it for two hours straight uh, until my eyes began to hurt a little bit and I had to stop um, <clears throat> it's kind of it's weird, it's, it's, it feels like that is the way that Minecraft should have been experienced in the beginning I know it was about before VR but it's it's hard to describe we've had, we've had this trouble before in this podcast trying to explain um, what playing a VR game is like without strapping a headset or someone saying, just look, just look at it. Um, <laughs> look, oh, damn it. Look at it, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's it's the future. It's yeah. in front of you, child. I mean, it's running off a phone screen on a sub 100 pounds VR headset. Um, and it looks incredible. And I'm really, really enjoying it. Like, I haven't really enjoyed Minecraft for a long time. I kind of got burnt out on it because I played a hell of a lot when it first came out. But. I'm really enjoying playing it in VR, and I'm going to uh, play a hell of a lot more. It's it's nice to have something else to play on Gear VR apart from um, 
keep talking no one explodes and uh, a few other games i've got in there which are, are good fun but they're sort of like short burst games whereas like this is the first game i've had in the gear vr where you can sit and sink hours into it um as long as you don't feel seasick or anything like that i turn comfort mode off um com- the, the comfort mode on it is sort of like when you so like you, you look around with your head but when you when you need to turn around you can either have it set as like comfort mode so when you push the right stick it moves in segments or you can turn comfort mode on so it kind of moves like a first person shooter so it's just like fluid movement and for a little while when i first started playing it until i got settled in and got my vr legs um that made me feel a little bit sick when you turned because it's like you can move with your head and then when you turn the right stick you're moving independently of your head's movement and for some reason that set me off and i felt a bit oh um yeah a bit um Aside from that, it's it's fantastic. Uh, next up, I have are finished. You any closer? Are you any Sorry? closer to buying a PSVR? No. Good. That's money you've saved. No. Um, no. Um, there's just. There's... I I bought the Gear VR because I wanted to experience VR, and that was the apart from Google Cardboard, that was the cheapest way in. Like I got a compatible uh, handset, so I thought, why not? I'll give it a go. It was like I think it was seventy pounds when I got it, and the the particular headset model I've got is now down to about fifty, sixty pounds. Mm. Um, I've seen Black a... Friday one's gone for like thirty, but I don't know if it's the one you use. But I've seen the, the kind there, of yeah, there's lots VR of, stuff. There's lots of other third-party ones, but this is the the specific Gear VR headset that uses the Oculus storefront and um, uses the Oculus technology. Um, there's, they've redesigned the headset recently and I don't like the look of the new redesign but apparently it's got slightly better venting um, there's one one problem the Gear VR has is like uh, if, the, if the headset is cooler than your head is when you put it on, uh, the lenses fog up quite routinely until, it's, until the headset's warmed up a bit um, so the recommendation I saw on the internet is like kind of just rest it, put it on your head but don't put it over your eyes and just leave it there for about 10 minutes to warm up um, or leave it near a radiator or something just because like if your if your face is warmer than the the, the headset itself then that's probably why the PSVR headset goes foggy as well for time to time yeah, it it will do if there's a temperature difference, like because they, as much as they can do, it's, it's trying to get that balance right between getting enough ventilation to be able to let that the warm air out, but also blocking off the light so you're not getting light streaming in the sides. Um, but yeah, um, that was really impressive. Uh, next up, I finished Orcs B, um, all 80 levels of it. Uh, finished it today on, on my uh, lunch break at work. Um, talked about that before i'm not really much more to say about it apart from the fact that it's it's a fantastic puzzle game and it's completely free on both ios uh, and android uh, and when you finish the 80 base levels uh then when you hit the menu you can swipe up uh and will you can enter sort of like endless procedural mode where it will just create random levels for you so you can just keep playing for as long as you want and the game's so enjoyable i'm just i'm keeping it on my phone i'm just gonna turn it on every now and then and just play a few of these randomly uh, procedurally generated levels because it's a really really good puzzle game that's just running patch leads but fiendishly difficult in times like you've been playing it haven't you ali yeah yeah it's uh, after you guys were all uh, banging on about it and the guys from codec moments i thought i'd give it a go um up to level 24 yeah um, but it's just a, a really simple game mm. um highly addictive um, and it's it's just it's such a simple yet nice concept, if that makes sense. It is, yeah. Uh, you just plug in leads in to basically get the power from one end to another. 
Um, yeah, it's it's good. I know you uh, you finished it as well, haven't you, Stuart? Yes, I finished it um, ages back. Um, it was just one of those ones that, for whatever reason, um, I started talking about it at one stage. And uh, then, yeah, Got everybody, uh, everybody started playing it again. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, even I reinstalled it on my phone just to have another crack at it as well. <coughs> but, uh, yeah, it's it's such a simple concept, but it works so well. Yeah, uh, you should definitely reinstall it and give the uh, Endless Mode a go because, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's dead good. Mm-hmm. Um, next up, I am in full Final Fantasy XV hype mode. Um the game is preloaded on my PS4. It's launching at midnight tonight, and I am currently wrangling whether I should I stay up and play like the first hour, uh, or should I be a good boy and wait until after work tomorrow? But throw a sickie, man! <laughs> no, I'm not going to throw a sickie. Got too much bloody work on. Uh, no, I'll probably wait until tomorrow to play it. But in preparation for that, I um, I'm waiting all... for the what is it? 60 gig download? Yes, 60 yeah. gigabytes and 70 um, on the PC. Yeah. Okay. I uh, so uh, me and the missus went on because we do that cheeky console sharing thing where one of us buys a digital game, we both have access to it. We went halves on the seventy pounds um, special edition version that comes with. Um, yeah, comes a man with, who's uh... no buying games. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm just I just keep flogging that horse, but it's not. Well, we it. both we both wanted it, uh, and you had no restriction. Uh, <laughs> It's 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 the missus' fault. It's Zoe's <laughs> fault. Christmas is coming. Right, like, would you like would you like Final Fantasy for your Christmas? I can use that as a bluff to tell the guys on the podcast. Oh look, <laughs> I bought it for a Christmas, but I've got access to it. <laughs> I know I'm tripping the book. No, it was her idea. Um, but yeah, I, I went for the like the the digital premium edition that comes with like a, the extra digital goodies and the soundtrack, um, which from what I've heard is dead good uh and the season pass and a few other little bits and pieces um, yeah um but in preparation for that i first of all played the final fantasy 15 platinum demo which came out quite a while ago um so where uh, final fantasy 15 is a weird game it's been in development technically for a decade uh, they announced it back in 2006. It was going to be called Final Fantasy 13 Versus, and they announced it around about the same time as Final Fantasy 13. Um, and it's gone through quite a troubled development since then. It stopped being a Final Fantasy um, 13 game, spin-off game, uh, and became its own thing. Yeah, my um, I think all the all the cutscenes <laughs> that shows that the guys in the motor driving, and I'm like, yeah, is this a racer? No, it's kind of like a road trip thing. Um, but uh, so uh, oh, about a year ago, um, if you bought Final Fantasy um, Type Zero uh, HD version of it, you could get access to Episode Duske, which is like a vertical slice of part of the, the the early part of the game. And it had an early iteration of the battle system, which I really did not get on with, and it kind of left me a bit cold. And I, at that point, I was like. Maybe Final Fantasy 15 isn't going to be the game I'm, I'm interested in, um, but they've made lots of changes since then, uh, and I read quite a lot of spoiler-free discussions about the changes they've made and, and uh, watched some impression videos from people who played like the first 15 hours of it. Um, luckily, they didn't go into any storyline or anything. Like that. They just said like the changes that they've, they've made, and they talked about how the combat system has been improved a lot. So I downloaded the Platinum demo, which is 
Uh, it's weird. Like you play, um, yeah, it is. Yeah, you play Noctis, uh, the like the main character from the full game. But when he's a child, and you're playing through a series of dreams, uh, you're being led through them by this weird white, uh, long, big-eared fox thing called Carbuncle. Is leading you through a series of weird dream sequences. Like you're in a forest uh, in the first part, and the second bit, you're running around. Um, a room in um, the, the, the palace because Noctis is the, the son of the king of this fantasy kingdom uh, but you're like miniature so you're running up and running all over toys and climbing up on tables and, and things like that and um, and then it ends with like a giant boss battle in the middle of uh, a square in the, the, the main city in the, uh, that's going to be in the full game um, it's doesn't really tell you much about the story but it was a good way to experience the the way they've redesigned the combat system and it is really really good like it's gone from being really shonky and not much fun at all to being like a weird sort of it's not turn-based um but it's not like you're sort of you're not like pressing buttons to hack and slash you're, you're doing a lot of uh, it's kind of hard to describe the way the combat system works like ali you've played it haven't you yeah, I didn't get as far as the combat though. I played oh, combat right. on the uh, the demo that you said about that you got with Type HD episode. Just um, yeah, yeah. Um, but I didn't get to the combat bit. I'm not sure why. Oh no, I do know why. My uh, the reason why I brought a new amp is because the pitch kept cutting out, oh, uh, right. and I I got that fucked off. I just turned everything off, went to bed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was Proper. like five years, isn't it? Yeah, proper rage quit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, it looks really, really good. I'm, I'm yeah. Yeah, it looks visually stunning. The new combat system is really good. Um, then also on Saturday, uh, me and my girlfriend sat down and watched King's Glaive colon Final Fantasy XV, which is the the full um, CG prequel movie, um, which has got quite a impressive voice cast so it's got Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad um, Lena Headey um, who's Cersei from Game of Thrones and Sean Bean Um, and (laughs) uh, and it's uh, Aaron Paul's character is a a guy called Nyx who is a member of the Kingsglaive who are like the king played by Sean Bean who's like elite guard um and they uncover a, there's like there's an ongoing civil war between this this kingdom and a neighboring one and he uncovers it's a it's basically a cg anime film so what do you expect it's yeah. good. Oh, i've got it sitting there on blu-ray and i'm going yeah do i watch it yes no i'd say absolutely watch it like it is uh, i've watched all three final fantasy films now uh, spirits within advent children and uh, kingslave and i think this is the best of the three uh, it's would absolutely it, stunning, it like to the point that in, at certain points there were certain frames where I was looking at it, it's like, has this stopped being CG and actually gone to live action? Because it I've heard a lot of people good. say that as well, but I've heard a lot of people say that about uh, uh, that. Funnily, funnily, you should say that, because um, a lot of people have said that, well, a lot of people like two, um, that's a lot, <laughs> but on Twitter have said they, kinda, they were wondering if it went for actual kid, real world, uh, CG to real world and stuff. but. Would you say, for a novice of the genre, mm-hmm. uh, is is this a good prep? If if they had it sitting there sealed, is this a good prep before they have to download sixty gigs to play the actual game? Because I'm going to yes. this way. My, my Final Fantasy knowledge 
is is less than your wallet if you yeah. bought all the games. No, no, it it doesn't Do you know rely I mean? on it doesn't rely on any previous knowledge of any Final Fantasy games. It's like there's there's passing men- message like uh, references to like Gil, which is like the currency in every Final mm. Fantasy game and things like that. Um, and there's a delivery truck that is called Chocobo Express or something like I that. I know about him. I mean, that's that's the, yeah. that's the guy. I know Cloud's a guy. Sephiroth's a bad. Yeah, yeah, but they're yeah. like that's all separate Final Fantasy stuff. This is its own separate story. Like every Final Fantasy game, apart from like the sequels to 13, has been its own separate game in its in a different universe with different characters, and they're not related to each other. So if you've never played a Final Fantasy game, never. Then that's fine. I'll tell you, I've played a fighting Fantasy game. game. I would I've say played, I would I've never only... played one. A pure, Get out. A pure blood. Get out. Right, I've played. <laughs> I, I, I played the fighting one. That's that's the uh, what is it? Yeah. Dimensions or? Right, you've got to go and play Final Fantasy VII now. Fuck! I've got <laughs> enough time go. in my life. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm scared as it is to fucking review this new one because it's like how like an, a normal review takes a week, right? That's enough time. This is what 190 odd hours, and after hearing uh, 13, you had to play what was it like 50 hours, and then it finally opened up into the actual game. Yeah. Well, yes. like that's you one of the biggest differences that people said. Like, cause I, I I'm not going to try and defend Final Fantasy 13. That felt that 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 game was bad. Any game that's like, well, you got to play 30 hours and then it gets good, is not a good game. Um, it's but teaching you. Have, it's teaching you uh, all it's, the mechanics. It's not teaching you anything. It's, it's just It's garbage <laughs> for the first 30 hours and then becomes okay. Um, people who I've um, from, from certain publications have played through the first 15 hours of it and said that it is incredible. So it's uh, it must like the first 15 hours of it are good. But so unless after that fans. point, uh, yes. See, this is the thing. I, I don't really. I, mean, I like COD and Battlefield and Titanfall. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I know where my bread's buttered. It Stu, might not Neil, you're keeping very quiet. Have you played a Final Fantasy game? Um, I have played a small handful of Final Fantasy games back in the day. Probably sunk most time into seven, but never really got much further than sort of Midgar. Um, I don't think I ever actually got out to the world map. I oh, still right. probably have a couple of the anthology ones on um, PlayStation One. I think one and two and four and five. I might have six still. Is that- is that not the weird thing where four's technically free or something? Oh, it's yeah, kind of weird but, how Europe, Europe, and my yeah, knowledge there's is the, yeah, there's the there's the Japanese and the American uh, numbering system and what have you because the first two didn't come out properly um, from Japan and were never localized, etc. Um, yeah. But I think these are the ones that were properly numbered and properly chronologically released, chronologically released on the um, on the PS one, so they were. So I have played a little bit of them. Um, I enjoyed them as they were in the the sort of, um, you know, the turn-based combat and things like that. Um, But I've never played anything outside of number seven. So is this turn-based or is this like that kind of no no turn-based? It's not turn-based, no. Um, It's it's very action, real-time. But there's like lots of, uh, from from the the footage I've seen, there's lots of things with like... um, comboing attacks with your other teammates as well uh it looks like a really interesting dynamic battle system am i gonna need to grind i don't know i don't know i don't know yet this is the thing i haven't played it i, I haven't played that's, it. that's what puts me off is like yeah. if, if i can proceed through it and witness it and go right at the end i can come to a nice round of thing but if i need to go in there as a bot because mm. i've played vagrant story vagrant vagrant uh tales of Asperia, sorry and yeah. that was like you go to the boss and he beat you down Wow. Oh wait, I need to grind for tours. <laughs> that, I don't like, know whether that's going to be, and that has been a traditional thing with Final Fantasy games. It was a traditional thing with RPGs. Yeah, it was, it's just, uh, 
Yeah. That puts me uh, off. It scares not... me for this, you know what I mean? Because I don't want to put... Well, you know I'd I mean? say if you want to play a JRPG where you don't really have to do much grinding, I'd highly recommend something like Persona 4. But that's okay. not open to review, and that's not <laughs> no. even reviewed at the moment <laughs> no. in time. Final no, Fantasy it's not. Anyway. What, he's, what he's trying to say, Sue, is you've got to put a lot of hours into it if you're going to review you it. It's a JRPG. You have to put a lot of hours in it. Anyway, well, I've, I've um, gave myself three weeks to, to do it. Back to um, yep. Kingsglaive. Anyway. So um, yeah, it's it can be confusing in places. The uh, there's there's a, a, a massive info dump at the very beginning of it through a uh, a piece of narration by Lena Sorry. Headey's character, uh, ex explaining you uh, like explaining to you the, the, the makeup of the world and what's going on. Um, as a standalone film, it's probably not amazing it's not reviewed particularly well on rotten tomatoes i checked the score but it's been reviewed by actual film critics but it's a one hour 45 minute long um basically kind of like opening cutscene you treat it as that it's like a, it's a separate opening cutscene to final fantasy 15 the interesting thing about it is um the only real footage we've seen of final fantasy 15 so far um is the stuff with noctis and his and his pals out and about in the, the that road trip in the car that flies. Um, that that stuff is happening uh, at the same time as the um, the plot to Kingsglaive. So, if you watch Kingsglaive, you'll have some understanding of what is happening while the first part of Final Fantasy XV is unfolding. Um, so they kind of go hand in hand. It's not so much a prequel as sort of like it runs alongside. Damn you, Solo! <laughs> Uh, yeah, it runs alongside Final Fantasy XV, and it's it's definitely worth watching. I, I picked it up for a, a tenner from um, HMV, and you can get it cheaper than that online, or probably pirate it maybe. Um, I think but... you can get it for four, five ninety nine HD on the Google Play Store. Yeah, it's and it's like if you're going to get Final Fantasy XV and you, like you're invested in it, then it's well worth the watch. And it's like in terms of just like the the visual quality of a CG film, I haven't seen anything better than this. Like, it looks absolutely You've stunning. Seen Toy Story. It's yeah, but Toy Story, uh, the Pixar films look like cartoons, whereas this, in places, is 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 it's it's very hard to distinguish from real life. Um, it looks like live action film in places that the CG is that good. Um, so yeah, I was th thoroughly impressed with that, and I'm very much looking forward to to starting Fantasy Fifteen tomorrow. Um, I'll just write off my last one quickly. So, uh, Battlefield 1, we talked to quite a lot about the, the multiplayer. Never heard of that the night. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> What's the, um, it's not like free folk have already mentioned it, but go, 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 engage me. <laughs> so, long, I'm a long-time fan of the Battlefield series, and the multiplayer in this plays like uh, you know any other Battlefield game. It's, it's quite oh, yeah. a lot more stripped down. Um, Battlefront. You don't have lots of attachments to guns and things like that. Battlefront. And, and Say don't. Uh, you don't have uh, RPGs and things like that, which is kind of nice. Um, I won't say too much about the multiplayer because that's already been mentioned. I will mention the fact that the menus are fucking garbage. Like when you quit well, out a of a match, team, isn't it? That's there's, 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 there's basically join a match or search for a server. It's like there's no yeah. many options. You know what I mean? No, I mean, just, I'm talking about how laggy the the menus are. Yeah, they're incredibly laggy. And sometimes when you go to quit a match at the end of a round, it's easy I... just to close the game and load it up again. No, no, that's an issue because if you're in a match that ends, then yeah. it if, starts if, loading if wait, next match. Yeah, and if you wait to see if you got a battle pack, which again mm. is another issue, we'll no cover, but we'll cover. Um, if you leave, it then goes into an infinite loop. 
because it, 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 it doesn't leave, but it doesn't kick you. It just basically yeah. is an infinite black screen of death uh, with this. Yeah. Right? That, that needs to sort so it it's, now. It's, yeah, they'll get that fixed. Well, now what will happen is, well, uh, is the same so. as what happened with Battlefield 4 is LA, uh, sorry, uh, Dice Sweden made the game and it has some shonky issues. And Battlefield Dice, 4 is a bomb site. Uh, <laughs> Don't be nice yeah. to it. it no, but then the same thing will happen was about is like dice la will come in and fix all the problems uh, we just need to give them a little bit of time to do that um what i will talk about a little bit about is the uh campaign which is unusual for a battlefield game in recent years in that it's actually pretty good um so it is it's sort of like vignettes there's a number of uh, you're you're presented with like a, an overhead map of the theater of the first world war or the first mission you go in and it's like you're just a soldier on the front in France um, and whereas like in any other battlefield campaign you sort of play for a bit until you died uh, and then it would send you back to the last checkpoint uh, in this one if your character dies a screen comes up with their name and the year they were born and when they died and then the camera zooms out and then it'll zoom you into another soldier on the battlefield and you carry on going until you die and then it'll do that over and over again until the mission's over um, but then, like, you go into the, 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 the main campaign is like a series of vignettes. So you see an overhead map of the, of the, the theatre of war as, as a whole, and you have a series of different stories. So there's, like, the Lawrence of Arabia stuff, where um, he was recruiting the Arabs to fight against the Ottoman Empire in, in uh, Egypt uh, and uh, other parts of the Far East, uh, the, um, the Middle East, sorry. Um, and then you've got, like... Um, a story set around uh, a, you know the, the very early tank um, units in the First World War, so a British tank unit in France. Um, you've got a storyline set around um, the uh, the, yeah, the pilots, like the, the beginnings of the RAF. Uh, and Australian the, one's pretty good as well. Yeah, and then there's, there's uh, yeah, that's, that's the Italian. Um, no, there's two. Uh, uh, there's, isn't it? No, there's the Italian campaign, there's the two two mini missions, and then there's the Australian yeah. one where Australian, the guy's yeah. the runner. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, uh, I think it's called the runner, there's a runner, mm. and then there's the, the one about, I never, what was it, his, his nephew or something, is it his brother, nephew, best I, pal? I haven't played all of them yet, I've, I've, played, I've been dabbling in them, playing a little bit here and there, and not playing through the whole things, mm. uh, just to try and get like a, you know... Uh, uh, taking an amuse-bouche approach to it and just trying out little bits just to see what the campaign's like. Uh, I, I'm going to play all of it though because I've been really impressed so far. The thing that they've kind of nailed um, is a lot of people were a little bit worried that it wouldn't be sensitive to the horror of the First World War uh, and some of it is a little bit like the, the, the first mission of the fighter pilot stuff is a little bit like a little bit silly. That uh, whole campaign's a bit... Through all of them, that's the one campaign that's a bit flight yeah. of fantasy, especially yeah. the end there, because it's like I can't remember that happening in London. Um, but it's just a bit, they've got a bit free license there. I think it's a yeah. different writer, but if you know what I mean. But the rest of it, like the stuff, the, the tank stuff and the stuff on the front in France, it's just mud and smoke and screaming and blood, and it's kind of horrific. So. Uh, no, no, no. It's 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 like it does a pretty. I mean, obviously, none of us will ever know how accurate it is because thank God would never experience anything like that. But it is. It's doing. It's it's level best at being you know a big AAA appeal to all the shooter fans sort of shooter, but also showing quite how horrific the First World War was. I think they had an uh, educational vibe to it as well. Yes. That was the angle I yeah. took during my review. Like, 
Yeah, the, the main the, the the main campaign part of it really is the uh, the stuff that revolves around the the the, the 369th Infantry Regiment, the uh, the one known as the uh, the Harlem Hellfighters. Um, this is the one that caused a little bit of consternation from certain wings of the internet when it first came out, saying, "Oh, is there a black person on the front of the cover?" There were no black people in First World War. And it's like, well, no, they were, and they were fucking badass. Um, so the Harlem. I have trouble with the Germans having them, but. Because I don't think did the Germans have them. Because it's a bit it a grey area, factual. I think. Because I don't think it was in the Germans' style. No, it's it, no, an alternative. Though, isn't it? It's not like one hundred percent accurate. I no, it's based on real campaigns and things like that. And and the Harlem Hellfighters were a I, real, a real thing. They, they fought for the, the Allies, but I yeah. mean for the German side was. Because that was the only no, I was going to say. Was... No, I don't think there. I don't think the Germans had many um, black ah. soldiers. Yeah, I was going to say. But think... it's, it's, it's well, no, actually, no. You say I that, guess... but they did have. They did have colonies in Africa. Uh, maybe. So but I think it's a missed opportunity how you don't play a German campaign mission. I really think that's a missed, missed opportunity. Yeah, because you, you did all allies. Uh, battlefield, the old World War Two battlefields. Like you got to experience the the Allies, um, the Russians, and the um, and the Germans as well. You got to you, got, you covered all of them. But it's kind of cool for them to to show, like, to have an entire campaign about the Harlem Hellfighters because I, I I ended up going off and reading a little bit about them and they're they're kind of like they had a reputation a bit like the the Gurkhas do, uh, the Gurkha Brigade in the British Army, and that they would just to the the enemies that they came against they were just fucking terrifying like they they earned the nickname the harlem hellfighters because they never lost a trench they never had a man taken uh, captive and they never lost like a foot of ground uh, to the enemy they just fought like so more than just a dlc gun pack that's how we were yeah. saying yes yeah they're more, they're more than just a dlc pack yeah um yeah, it's it's just nice for Battlefield to have a decent campaign for once, and it's nice for them to to try and show the brutal horror of the First World War instead of just turning it into you know your average dumb first-person shooter. It's quite upsetting in places. Like there's some nasty stuff that happens, um, and yeah, I'm, I still I'm... I found the Australian one was the one that. that... That touched me. Wasn't it? Yeah, I was touched. But I feel the the tale that's told to the old guy and the young guy, the young Australian, the old Australian, just the bond. Even though it's only three missions, four missions maybe three, three or four, it's one of the shorter ones. Um, I found because the tank one's the longest campaign. I think I think yeah. the tank and the airplane and the launch, but then the launch the river one's a totally different style of campaign as well. I think or I feel. Um, but the, I feel the Australian one captures the essence of what they're trying to do mm. really, really well. Yeah. Um, so so yeah. they, they, did, they did a really good coming from like the campaigns in Battlefield Three and Battlefield Four, where they tried to do COD and failed spectacularly. Um, three was alright. Three was alright with the, with the, against the Russians. Uh, was four bad. was a bit more. Four it, was it, awful. It, <laughs> no, four four straddled a COD Tom Clancy vibe. Hmm. Where it didn't quite pull it off, if you know what yeah. I mean. But it had some good levels. You know what I mean, I like shooting guys in the mountains. It was good. Yeah, so yeah, the Battlefield One campaign is good, and and the multiplayer is it's more Battlefield. And it's longer than Titanfall by a country mile. <laughs> yes, it, it is. Yeah, but, just um, to see, just to say that that's a big that's a big thing as well. If I'm honest, that statement right there because 
you're fundamentally buying Battlefield because you're playing them. You know what I mean? It, and, but and there's, there's differences agree. between the two. It's like it depends on what you want to do. Like if you've got friends online and you can team up but and you can actually put together a squad. Battlefield's then... an online shooter. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And but, the, the campaign's but, secondary, right? Yeah. Your no, campaign but... in the new ones longer than a game that was like we've got a campaign. By the way, that Battlefield's twice as long as your campaign. Oh, don't, don't, don't tell. You know, I mean, it's a big thing. I think. I think the back to sticking the boot in them, but um, I think they missed a point. I, I, I think they don't talk for a start as studios, but I also think they missed a trick. You know what I mean? You know, I mean, it's it's weird how the Titanfall campaign should be as long as Battlefield's campaign, easily. Uh, I don't know if they would have outstayed its welcome, maybe. You could at least have got another five or six levels in it, easy. Do you know what they I mean? could have probably put in another act. Um, but I could have, I could have had you day in the big. It, the, the, if it was you know, too long, it would have outstayed its welcome. I think I, I'm I'm perfectly happy with the Titanfall campaign. But in terms of like the multiplayer, like they're two very very different things. It's like. If you if you've got friends online and you can like you can team up and you can play together as a squad, then Battlefield is fun. If you're playing on your own, it can be an exercise in frustration because if you're so much this one, this one's not oh, as much. Mate, See, because it plays. Well, I've played a lot of One Wolf, but it, maybe it's my playstyle. But then I think it's a case that it's because it runs like Battlefront. It's it's it, because it runs in that core engine and it feels like Battlefront in its execution, whereas in Hundred in all battlefield games, there was maybe fifteen guns per class, right? In this, it's like five guns, but mm. with five varieties of the same guns. So you've got a long range, a short range, blah 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 blah, and it's it, it just feels a lot more simplified to, to, to the map. It was it's it weird. was the, it was the first world war. It was the beginning of mechanized combat. There was no, but there was not a variety of weapons to have. No, an excuse I don't feel because the, there was more than five guns for God's sake. Do you know what I mean? There were more than five assault I don't rifles. I think there really were. You tell me there like, weren't just no, five no, assault rifles. No, because that's the thing. It's like uh, because like a lot of the weapons that they've thrown in, that they they went to lengths when when the game was being developed to explain it. It's like a lot of the guns that we're putting in this game were sort of prototype experimental guns that were coming in at the end of the war because there literally wasn't like the last. Well, um, the big, the, the last coming, big right. scale like uh, theater of war before the um, uh, before the First World War, there were still like two lines of soldiers just lining up and, and taking pot shots at each other. Like this was this was the first post-industrial revolution war. Well, so see when it they bring the Russians the big... in with the DLC, the the Kalashnikov, the, the, the AK is coming. The AK is coming to Battlefield One. It has to come because that's no, why they're bringing the Russians in. But the the AK didn't get. What would they? Was no, was no like the base whatever one? Because I was going to say, why else would they bring the Russians in? Unless they're bringing no, the firepower. Forty seven didn't come. I'm just looking it up now. The AK forty seven. Forty seven. Uh, no, it's forty three. Initially came out. Uh, the AK forty seven came in in nineteen forty nine. Forty nine. Uh, the AK forty three. Um, no such thing apparently. Um, yeah, no, no, like assault rifles and things like that didn't really. St- I mean, like they, they were still kind of primitive in the Second World War, uh, but like it's it was it was the beginning of mechanized combat. There was there wasn't a lot of assault rifles and LMGs it just and things lacks like that. Variety, I feel. It just lacks the variety. That is a that is a valid criticism that a lot of people have had with it, but it's you know it's trying to portray First World War combat. The, the argument as well is it's the first battlefield that's launched that doesn't have a air superiority or a ground superiority, which fundamentally is air superiority, everybody's in a plane. Yeah. Fair dues, there's, there's there's loads of planes in it. There's there's like four or five models of planes, so that's a doable thing. 
and then the, the ground ones, tanks. The tanks are a slight different issue because not all tanks are built the same in Battlefield 1. But yeah. it's also back to my original Because again, they were like prototypes. It was like no one had used tanks before. They were kind but, of... They were running a video game here, as can, they were going. We can, if we can have a massive blimp fighter of the city of London, I'm sure we can fucking find a tank, you know what I mean? And I think that's the problem is... It, it it lacks that layer of verticality. I've made that word up maybe, but the vehicle-based combat lacks big time in it. Because it, it, I get the point, there weren't many of them, but they could still do something with it. And it's, it just feels really light as a package, I feel, the online side. You know what I mean? It lacks depth unless you're with your mates in well, that like sense. The the, the 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 big bombing raids on London, those did happen in the first world. There but was the, Zeppelin raids. I can't raids even remember on... the point where the big airship got took down the no, Thames. There were you know there I mean? were there were Zeppelin raids on London in the First World War. But you know, I'm I'm talking about as in what they're portraying. I'm using that as mm. a kind of if they're mm. licensing that flight of fantasy, I'm mm. sure they could license a fight of fantasy elsewhere, you know what I mean? Well maybe. But anyway, we're getting a little bit off piste. Um the, the, the that and and time, you play them for two different things. Like if you've got teammates and you can team up, then Battlefield is great because if you're playing with friends, then Battlefield is Battlefield, and there's nothing else quite like it. If you're playing on your own, um, Titanfall is a lot easier to get into because even Virtual if you're in a team, I'm going to get to the end of this sentence if it kills you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not having you praising it. I'm not having it happening. If, uh, if you're on a team which isn't doing particularly well on Titanfall, uh, you can grab them by the scruff of their neck and pull them up. Whereas if you're on a team that's doing badly on uh, on Battlefield, you're going to lose. It doesn't matter how well you play, you're going to lose. Oh, you're going to sit in a big armoured tank. But that's no more to do with facts. But it's the same with COD as well. It's like, you know, you've got 6v6 instead of 32v32. It's like there's only so much one person can do in a, in a battle of that scale. To be fair, um, there is the R Metro, and I'll be honest, the map designer gets a. Because you know how every battlefield has a Operation Metro, i.e., a kill box, where one oh, team's on at one side, the other team's on at the other side, and it just. It's just yeah, it, and it's just uh, Operation that. Locker as well. Yep, yep. It, but there isn't that kind of map. In Battlefield One, which well, is a no, good thing. There so, are but, there are there are bits of it like uh, the you castle. Know, maybe the, no, you know the map that's like in the city streets. Yeah, yeah. yeah one, the of, bridge. one of one yeah, one of the there's the bridge and there's a capture point which is literally a back alley, um, and they yeah, can like, turn I into do. the most yeah, horrific like, uh, kill boxes. I do like I do like that flag because yeah. you can go up the stairs and the buildings and then yeah. be that. And there's also a sentry that spawns right at that flag, which is like the best thing ever. Because it's like once you get the sentry, you've got like the big heavy gun. But I, uh, but it's not quite on the scale a metro. If no. you know what I mean, because metro is just basically a kill box. You die. No, I mean I I I've uh, I'm kind of reserved for full judgment on Battlefield One until I play some more because I've only had it for a few days and I've got a quirky problem in that I've got two controllers from a PS4. Uh, one of them, the right trigger is not working properly, so some of the guns aren't firing properly, and. Uh, the other controller in which the trigger works fine, the, uh, the the headphone jack for the headset isn't working. So my choice so is either... Building in that, I'm buying a controller, basically? Is I bought, what, yeah, is I that, bought, pre, bought the preset for it. I've ordered a new controller, yeah, because my choices at the moment if I want to play Battlefield are I can either talk to my teammates or I can fire guns. That's a, <laughs> that's a hard choice. That is a hard choice. Yeah. <laughs> Funny how that's um, my problem on Titanfall 2. <laughs> no, it's, you know, it's, it's weird. It's, it's because it's because the triggers are um, uh, the triggers like uh, pressure sensitive. It works for certain games like Titanfall. I don't have any problems with, and, and Overwatch don't have any problems with. Uh, GTA, I can't fire any weapons with that controller. And Battlefield One, uh, the semi-automatic weapons won't fire. Um, so you can't go a medic. Yeah. Problem solved. 
Yeah, I can't play medic at the moment. Yeah, so I've just been sticking to the assault class and the uh, support class. Yeah, I've got in a land ship hiding. That's what you've been doing. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's let's move on. So, oh, hang on. I need to. I need to um, suggest my laps. Oh yes, game. yeah. What is your laps gamer game? Um, it's it's got to be Orcs B, really. Um, yeah. I mean, if you've got a Gear VR headset and a controller, I'd say Minecraft because Minecraft is like the ultimate lapsed gamers game. Like, stick it on creative mode, and you can just dick about for a few hours and just build some monstrosity. Um, I played Minecraft, but there we go. It's dead good. I don't really bother with survival mode, but it's dead good. Um, but yeah, Orcs B, because it's free and it's available on Android or and iOS, and everybody's got one of those two, and it's one of the best puzzle games I've played in a good few years, to be honest. So yeah, Orcs B would be my lapsed game recommendation. Okay, so moving on, we've got some new stories. Uh, so starting us off is Mark. Right, um, yeah, some exciting news. Um, the guys over at Hello Games have, have finally broken their radio silence because uh, they haven't really said anything about No Man's Sky since sometime in August. Um, Two weeks I mean, after it was released, I think. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, aside from a brief blip where Sean Murray's Twitter account was apparently, you know, allegedly hacked, he hadn't actually said anything since I think it was like August 18th or something like that. Um, they came out uh, a few days ago and said, "Oh, we've we've made a big update for the game. It's going to be out in a couple of days. Uh, the foundation pack." Um, so that I downloaded last night, uh, and I booted it up uh, before I came on, uh, while my manservant was preparing my dinner, um, and played <laughs> about half an hour of it. Um, so basically, what they've done is they have split the game into three different modes so you have when you load it up you get the choice of like normal mode which is what no man's sky was before and it will have if you've played it already it'll have your save file in there already then there is um survival mode which is apparently like a much harder version of it um where enemies and the environment will be uh, much tougher to deal with and you'll have to scrape uh, for resources and then the other modes uh, is uh, creative mode, and that's the one that I jumped into for a little bit this evening. Um, and in creative mode, it'll you'll, you'll start off. It's a separate save. So you start off on a new planet with like your, with the base ship uh, and, and whatnot, but you don't have to fix your ship to dig up the planet or whatever. Um, and that is centered around um, base building. Um, so you build you build yourself a base. Um, you build some like uh, like a, a, a construction um, desk, a science desk, and weapons desk, and a few other bits and pieces. And then you can go to a nearby space station and hire the um, recruit some of the aliens that live in the world in, in the universe to come and work on your your base. And then you you can start going out and mining resources. Like you can actually put nodes on. Um, resource points to automatically mine them for you so you don't have to just sit there and shoot them with your gun for ages and then cart the stuff back um and it's mainly seems to be around um creating yourself like a home base to which you can warp to from any space station which is pretty handy you don't have to like try and navigate your back your way back to your to your home base you can warp to it from any space station um and you're basically amassing enough credits to be able to buy yourself a freighter one of the big like capital ships that you see out in space that sort of like you couldn't really interact with before but now you can actually buy one of those um and 
basically turn you can turn the game into like an intergalactic trading network um so the more uh, materials you gather the better trade ship you can get the, the the bigger the freighter it is the more materials you can you can uh, transport and then you can take them to other systems and sell them for a profit uh, and the more uh, money you make and the more materials you get the, the bigger and better things you could build um i've only played about half an hour of it uh, so i've built a rather rudimentary base and hired a few staff to run it um so i can't really say too much um but it looks like quite a significant update like way more than i expected them to, to do like they had made some rumblings about some base building and it seems a little bit silly on the face of it for a game that is about exploration to introduce a system where you build a base that's going to root you in one place but then they've got these systems to work around it meaning that then, then you can go off to other systems and explore multitudes of planets but then be able to warp back to your home base um, you know, in an instant, uh, almost from from any space station. So you can go, you can still go and exploring as much as you want, and then get back to your base really simply. You can now build waypoint nodes. So if you go to a planet and you find something interesting that you're going to want to be able to find your way back to, you build like a waypoint node, and then that will stay marked on your map so that you can find your way back there whenever you want until you decide to remove that waypoint node. Um, the game has also made some graphical changes, uh, there's some uh, anti-aliasing improvements, and they've put on um, a bit of motion blur as well, uh, which is quite a significant... It's, it sounds like a silly little change, but it's made quite a significant difference in what the game looks like. It looks a lot smoother than it did before, and it was already a very pretty game, but it looks a lot better now with, with the graphical changes they've made. Um, so it's a big change for um for the good um i don't know it's the same thing as we were talking about with like update 1.4 to um the division whether it was maybe too little too late more so in the case of no man's sky because it went from like extreme hype to extreme hate in the space of two weeks uh and I don't know how many people who bought the game physically will still have a copy of that disc. Uh, anyone who bought it digitally will still have it, still have it available. But um, yeah, yeah. And they're moving in the right direction, and they did exactly the right thing. Uh, instead of telling the community what they were doing and then letting the community like bitch and moan about whether it was the right thing to do and saying, "Oh, well, maybe they're going to fuck this up as well," they just kept their mouth shut for a few months, made these massive changes, and then just let it loose and be like, "Here you go." Um, and so far, the reaction from um, this is the, the 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 if you ever spent any time on the No Man's Sky subreddit before the game came out, they were the most vocal supporters of the game. They would shout down anyone who said anything bad about it or said maybe it won't be as good as you think it will be. They'll say no, 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 it's going to be incredible. And Even when the yeah exactly and then when the game came out it was pitchfork central um it was just hate 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 for months and now it's turned on a sixpence again and everyone's like oh i've played the foundation pack it's really good um and like i said i've only played about half an hour of it but so far a big move in the right direction for that game which i never had any hate for really i always thought it was a it was a kind of a fun relaxing game to play but with like the creative mode it's even more so because you don't have to worry too much about the hostile environments or um the the enemies too much it's more about just more almost minecraft in a way just building your base and it's always about minecraft wasn't it but yeah but, yeah. but now you it's still got it, more so. access yes. to it 
Yes. Yeah, so I guess the three of us, um, anyone else that's still got it on the podcast, might just be the three of us. Yeah. Uh, can we pull <laughs> back in uh, a, a couple of weeks or whatever, give it a go and see what we think to the, the update? Yeah, I'm going to play a bunch more and I'll, I'll report back uh, the next episode I'm on to, to say what I've, what I've seen. But so far, it looks very promising and um, the soundtrack is still incredible. I'll give it that. One of the best game soundtracks I've heard in a, in a long time. And I know, uh, Stuart Neil, you, you agree on that. I mean, you oh, haven't yeah, played it, I it's think. But... fantastic. Yeah, no, I haven't played it at all. But no, I picked up yeah. the soundtrack at EGX. And yeah, it's uh, it's brilliant. Yeah, the music is absolutely fantastic. Oh, one of the little changes they've made, um, which <laughs> it seems quite small, but has uh, made a massive difference, is you don't have the constant updates from the AI in your suit saying, you know, transaction complete and your inventory is full and things like that they've got rid of that stuff which got really annoying so you can just enjoy the sounds and the music i heard there's a dark Souls style um message board going on in it where you can put down messages that other players will see Uh, i think that might be in the survival mode but i haven't i haven't even because i saw somebody went up to one and they were like this is amazing and then the message that was left was just total Total obscenity. Yeah, you control uh, people. Aren't it, but, it, I was yeah. just like, I and I'm going. Oh, that's quite dark. But unlike Dark Souls, it's, it seems to be a wee robot head or something. Or I kind of an eyeball okay. robot style thing. And the guy went up to it, and I was like, oh, that's quite a cool idea. If you do come across other planets, but then we're back yeah. into the. Oh, yeah, we're going to come across another planet. Just, yes. Just, yeah, it's not there's not much we can really say I, i've played about half an hour of it and that's about it it's only it's been out for less than 24 hours so um but it's nice to see that hello games didn't just bury their heads in the sand and move on and try and do something new they're actually working to fix the problems in the do game you think they're friends again with sony i don't think they ever fell out with sony over sony it. just threw them out cool Moving on, uh, Stuart, you want to go, Colin? Do you want to go with your news story? Yeah, um, an exciting news, actual exciting news. Not Kedon's exciting news. He's hot off the press as Oxus was today. Yes, this is literally fire hours, maybe less old. Um, it was known for a while that the first expansion pack for Forza Horizon 3 was going to have snow because of a, 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 a promo image, uh, the Lamborghini in the snow well now it's been announced that the blizzard expansion is is coming on the 13th of december and it shall contain uh 500 extra gamer score which is always a good thing extra boards extra barn finds and beauty spots which is always a good thing Uh, i'll have new snow events which i can't wait for and i'll have new cars as well Uh, i think it's kent blocks this is where they're bringing in the kent block jim kanaka because they spoke about that prior to the, the launch that the Jim Kahana car was there and having sunk uh, an unholy amount of time into Forza Horizon 3 I have not got that car officially as in the actual one yet um, also part of me is wondering if they'll do something crazy and I know that Kemp Walks got a Subaru with Ted, uh, tank tracks for the snow and I wonder if there'll be a kind of barn find because uh, you know how they had the, the barn finds are yeah. always kind of cookie I wonder yeah. if we'll get a car with tank tracks for on the snow yes. well, it could um, be, um, are they doing the uh, showcase or whatever they're called uh, it probably will be there'll be, a, first, be one, one or two there'll be one or yeah. two of them I think yeah. um, I'm also interested to see how you get there if yes it a part and where it is as well there's world. a lot of rumours where it is because obviously uh, Horizon 3 is set in Australia yeah, uh, not renowned for its snow 
uh, seen it maybe yeah. here. Um, and I wonder as well if it's a case of what would be just a flip, press a button like Storm Island was. Um, because Storm Island is a healthy piece of DLC, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then there'll be all the fun of finding all the roads and all that shit. And if you're a Forza fan, get excited. Um, the thing I'm more excited about as well is this is amazing, but they're also, I do the Forza funds every Friday, like an absolute maniac. Um, I can't wait to see if they'll run dual Forza funds. One snow Ooh, one, one yeah, in the bad enough to get one week done. <laughs> they've actually, well, they've announced the Forza funds for December. So yep. this will be live by the time the Forza funds go live. But one of the Forza funds in December is for the extreme off-roaders. Which I think is the weak, because it's a Lamborghini, uh, Lamborghinis, Ferraris, extreme off-roaders, um, and say so runs to his phone in real time to check, um, and it's just like I think the extreme off-roaders one twins in lovely with a release date for this. Right, and so I'm it could kinda, be an easy-ish one because there'll be a, a new one for the expansion. Do you think? I think I think that's that's what they'll, they'll be doing. You know what I mean? And I think it's quite an exciting. If you're into, we're into Forza, you know what I mean? We we play Forza a, a fair bit, you know what I mean? I play it too much, I've been told by people at my work. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's the Lamborghinis, the 2nd to the 15th, no, the 2nd to the 5th is the Lamborghini week. Ferraris is the 9th to the 13th, to the 12th, which is the day before the expansion. The 14th is a redo to get the S14, which was an only unlockable car by day in the Forza Fun event. Off-roaders will be the first official one with the um, expansion, and then the last one in December is a winter winter wonderland down under, which makes me think it's going to be in the snow as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, which yeah. is pretty sweet. And I wonder if they'll do a GTA thing and just cover the general map in snow. Yeah, I think yeah. they might. I think they maybe do that as well. Not that I know anything, but I think that might be a, a, a cool wee just for that Forza fun because that'll be the Christmas that's Christmas week that's Boxing Day I think it's, it's, it's Boxing Day starts uh, no I tell you yeah. that's actually over Christmas for the 24th yeah. to 26th so that two, will be uh, two interesting achievements on here is the one that you mentioned earlier which is uh, Snowdown which is Smash 10 Snowman uh, in the 2016 uh, Nissan uh, Titan Warrior concept which yeah should be good and the one that's quite interesting which might be a clue to where it's set is what safety uh, beat the ski jump world record, which is 825 feet from a danger sign uh, in the Lancia. So wherever there is a world record for someone jumping that high, might give us a clue to where it is, unless it's fictional. Maybe um, fictional. Maybe. Maybe no. Yeah. Maybe. No. But it's definitely it's, it's good to see. But the other thing as well, like I was saying as well, was it's really quick after the release of the game which I'm thinking we're on a six month cycle here and we'll get the next one probably Easter time and then that'll be us because I think on the car parks we're halfway through the car parks um, yes there's 10 yeah. there's 10 car parks coming and it's 10 months <clears> worth of content and it's a 10 it's 10 months one every month so we're, we're almost at the halfway point there so I think that'll wrap up and then that'll be us ready for whatever the next fours are shenanigans will, will be will oh, be uh, in, in <laughs> See what the, uh, the, that world record is set by Andres Fanamel or something like that. It's actually Norway. So whether that it's going would, there, I doubt it. Amazing, but and it would and it could yeah. harm. It could Seems harm because good, that that would be pretty amazing. I am going to tweet them that and ask. Yeah. 
I'm going to ask, I'm gonna we'll, ask them. We'll link to the, the patch notes for any of the news articles and whatnot uh, yeah. in the, the show notes. Um, moving on, um, the division, as I mentioned um, uh, in my bit, so I'll go through this quite quickly. Uh, 1.5 and Survival um, has dropped uh, together uh, on the PC and Xbox One last week. Um, so patch 1.5 brings a host of uh, new updates. Uh, the gear level cap has gone up to 256. Uh, along with enemies that have gone up to uh, level 34 um, and the world tier there's now an extra world tier uh, which is tier 5 the survival is actually a new expansion uh, which is only number 2 what Ubisoft decided to do rather than churning out all their year 1 content for the year 1 DLC pass uh, they actually postponed a lot of that to actually get the base game back to where they wanted it to be Um, so this is actually, we should be uh, pretty much on our fourth expansion if you've got the season pass by now but they've actually uh, postponed all of that and we're just about to get uh, number two uh, which is the survival mode which I spoke about earlier um, and patch 1.5 is coming to the PS4 tomorrow so Tuesday um, the 29th of November but then survival won't be launching until the I think is it something like the, the 19th or 20th of December I think it's, yeah, it's one calendar month after it was available yeah. on uh, Xbox, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. so about the 20th of, of December, uh, so that should be really good. Uh, and one of the best things, if you're uh, collecting all of your gear sets, is your uh, stash is going from 70 uh, to 150. Oh, uh, so thank God. Store a lot more stuff, and there's a lot more gear-tiered things and whatnot. Uh, the patch notes are quite extensive. Um, so again, there'll be a link to that in the show notes. Uh, and last but not least, uh, Stuart Neil, uh, just with your little quick one there. Yep, um, well actually I have two. Um, so the very Ooh. first one is uh, the fact that IO um, are releasing a new update to Hitman 2016. Uh, the update means that the profile will now actually work offline. Uh, the update means all unlockable items earned when connected to the game servers are saved to an offline profile and so they can be actually used in an offline mode. Um, this was one of the biggest complaints um, whenever the game first came out. Yes. Um, that people just couldn't play in an offline mode. Um, but it looks of things, it's sort of fairly substantial, about um, ranging between 2.1 gig on the PC to 13.66 on the um, Xbox One. Um, it looks, um, it sort of follows the release of the season finale, um, episode 6 in Hokkaido. And uh, it says, it's IO said, it's the first in a series of planned major updates that will lead up to a physical disc release of the episodic series on the 31st of January um, 2017 and beyond. Um, so yeah. by the looks of things, they're looking to support that a little bit further um, into the next year. Sure. The other quick yeah. one that I have is the fact that the Resident Evil 7 Collector's Edition is coming to the UK. Um, it was announced today. Capcom's confirmed that the Resident Evil Collector's Edition um, is hitting Europe and the UK, uh, and the UK, and it's a slightly different edition from the US version. Um, <coughs> so it differs slightly because the US version includes a 7-inch replica of the Baker family mansion, a 16-gig USB stick kitted out to look like a, the notorious dummy finger from the Resi 7 demo, a Resident Evil 20th anniversary art book, five lithographs, and an alternate cover inlay, and finally the Survival Pack Action Set DLC. 
Uh, the collector's edition is going to be available at both game and Amazon, so it's not just going to be a game exclusive this time around. And while Capcom says it's not available to pre-order at both retailers, we've had a glimpse and it doesn't appear to be listed. Uh, well, it should be um, available, but it doesn't appear to be listed at the moment on either of them. I think it is just the base game that um, they're doing. I think Game also do have an exclusive steelbook, which I think it probably will be their exclusive. Um, it Weirdly, um, the price point has not been announced, and much like the European edition that leaked a few weeks back, it doesn't appear to actually include a copy of the game itself, um, So, which is just bizarre. Um, the differences between the UK, European, and the US versions is that the US version, uh, the Mansion Replica, actually functions as a music box, uh, playing a brief rendition of the song Go Tell Aunt Roddy, and uh, you also get a creepy note thrown into the mix, however the U- dummy USB stick isn't quite as big in capacity, and it doesn't have the art book. Um, but yeah, special editions not including games is just bizarre. Um, yeah. That's more memorabilia. Yeah, it is. Of course, it is. The you know, say, yeah, they say that the um, the DLC pack as part of that collector's edition will be completely exclusive. Um, but that's an awful lot of money Ooh. to spend on one little bit of DLC. You're going pack. to be about 120 quid, aren't you? I would imagine so. It's going to be at least 80. Um, so it is if it's a little statue Crazy. replica thing, the USB stick, and what have you. Um, but it's not an awful lot of. And will the game, game be any good? But will the game be any good? Well, a lot of people like the Resi 7 demo. Um, that played but then, I think that's the switcheroo, like PT. I think that's, uh, this is a thing set in the world, but then, do you know, I got a, a real PT, because I played the kitchen this morning mm. again, um, and it just wafted a PT, that kind of, here's a thing, but it's nothing like, because it might be, it'll be real interesting, if they could do in the first person, it'll be real interesting, but I think, I, I, I don't know if they would do that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because they've never done a first-person view resi, other than the white gun games. Think about it. Yeah. Ah, they're all first-person, aren't they? So it's it's it's, it's a, a bold a bold move. I just want to give a quick shout out to another YouTube channel that uh, that's started up recently that doesn't have a lot of viewers and could probably do with some more, and it's really good. Uh, Guacamole Kids. It's um, John Denton, who's a oh, kind of a veteran um, games critic. He's been doing it for more than a decade. Um, anyone who enjoyed Chet and John's infinite, uh, reassuringly finite gaming playlists, uh, podcasts, um, uh, and enjoyed his output, then so. This is a dead good YouTube channel to check out. So yeah, Guacamole Kid, go and uh, seek it out and get subscribed to it. Yeah, you can also uh, subscribe to uh, Cornwall uh, YouTube channel as well. Why there? Oh um, yeah, that's, always appreciate that as well. the uh, yeah. the silver. Does, does Lapscape <laughs> have a YouTube channel as well? Would it? Uh, finally, you can find all our podcasts uh, to stream via MP3 on Podbeam, and that is lapsgamerradio.podbeam.com. And you can also find us on iTunes. Uh, and while you're there, if you want to give us uh, a like and a, a comment that would be much appreciated uh, and that's all from me uh, so uh, good night and see you all soon good night Ta-ra. shoot everything catches <laughs> <laughs>
It's, no, no, we can leave that in. It's fine. <laughs> as long as we can weave in the argument. Going, it's definitely you know, Hamer. Just the one. Mean. Just the one. There's M. no Y in it. It doesn't need it. It's just one M. <laughs> How many episodes have I done where I've said I'm your host, Mark Hamer? Do you think I, I was mispronouncing my own name? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love it. All right. Anyway. Can't touch this.
Africans, you just don't get it. I tour around the world, from London to the Bay. It's hammer go, hammer, empty hammer, yo, hammer, and the rest can't go in play. Can't touch this. Can't touch this. 